0: party Guy
1: Lee David Oldfield Justin Melbourne David Melville. Mason and you're listening to Australian Survivor Archive <laughs>
2: to Australian Survivor Archives, the only podcast going over the complete history of Australian Survivor from Whaler's Way right through to the current day. We are so, so excited. today's episode back in season one we did a season one reunion for our whaler's way cast it was a lot of fun it was exciting and it was a trip down memory lane for everybody involved in that season this one today is a little bit more exciting we're back for another reunion a cast reunion to talk about a season that never had a reunion season two celebrity survivor from 2006 never ever had any form of reunion and today we are so excited to be able to bring back a third of the cast and the EP to talk about that little season that many people don't even remember back from 2006. We do here on the show, we're celebrating it, and we're here to find out a bunch of stories and celebrate it even more. My name is Ben Waterworth, and as always, I'm going to throw over to my esteemed colleague, a man who, as we've just discovered, is looking fresh and prim and nice, ready to go back on Survivor again. Maybe there's a secret he needs to tell us, but uh, I'm excited to be joined by him once again on this show. Thanks, Ben. Hi, uh, guys. Matt Dyson, as always, and you're right, Ben. Like this,
3: this for me is my favourite time of the season when we get to do these reunions. We we did one last year, as you said, and you know, but this season it they didn't get one. So t- you know, to t- to manage to to get a few, we haven't got them all today, but to get a few back, and a lot of these people haven't seen each other for 15 years or spoken to maybe a bit of social media stuff, but to actually see each other here on, on the camera is is something special. and We get to reminisce and maybe hopefully hear some extra stories that uh, we didn't hear when we interviewed them. I mean, it's great, Ben, to be able to, yeah, to be able to get all these people on during the season, interview them, hear their stories, but to have them all together, that's what really makes this season. and,
2: And it's a good way to finish it off. It's, it's it, I agree with you completely and give them all this opportunity now I mean 15 years in the making essentially to have some form of reunion but we're going to go around the room right now obviously we've got our listeners listening on the audio one we've got our viewers watching the video one right now so we'll, we'll do the introductions here to bring on everybody and we'll do it in order from when they were voted out right through to the end and then we'll also bring in their fearless leader who is of course on the line with us as well we have two original MoSo members including the one, the only, Miss Amber Petty who is on the line with us right now first of all, Amber welcome back to the show it's a pleasure to have you back here today
0: thank you for having me and, I'm, and thank you for reminding me what team i was on i can't remember
2: <laughs> <laughs> do you remember these people on the line right now do oh, it do it
0: I want to.
2: <laughs> you were on survivor amber just yeah. to let you know this is what you're here for today uh also uh, another original Amber Moso just has member. an
4: issue in that her life is such a an intermix of yeah. reality and not reality, and so it's a bit difficult her, for her to like- often, you know, equate the space that she's in at any one time. You weren't meant yes. to
5: talk, Dave. No, you weren't meant to talk, mate. No one knows you're here yet. that's an invisible
2: person the the audio (laughs) listeners don't know what's going on right now uh another original moso member technically not the next person voted out if we're talking about who was voted out but i'm going to bring him up into the line while we're talking moso right now it is the runner-up of this season even though he was voted out we're going to get to that eventually it's the one the only mr justin melby justin welcome back we just had you on a couple of weeks ago so it's good to have you on again good
6: good yeah great to be back great to see some for me, it faces after 15 years.
2: <laughs> I'm glad you I'm glad you you recognize him unlike Amber, so we're off to a good start. Um also joining us, two original Kakula members, including the man with so many nicknames. I don't have time to go through them all today. Uh the one, the only, the puppet master. There's one of them. Mr. David Offield. You can talk now, David. Welcome back to Australian Survivor Archives.
4: I'm not sure I want to talk now after you've given me that intro <laughs> and after I find that my my words of love towards Amber uh, weren't appropriately received at a timing point where <laughs> people would understand I was even here, but, um, but thanks for having me, and it is good to see everybody. I, I have had some contact with Guy over the years here and there, and we saw each other a couple of times there fairly soon following, um, following Survivor, but we've been in contact here and there. Amber I've been aware of, of course. Um, Justin, I, I I wasn't sure. I thought Justin was probably in America up until I found out from you guys recently that he's here in Australia. Yeah, and um, of course, exactly. David, I always wondered what happened to David. And David it doesn't really even look like, I'm not quite sure. Is it the glasses that's different? There's something really different about you. You don't look the any older or anything along those lines. You just look <laughs> different in some way. I wouldn't have known you if I'd passed you in the street. But yes, pleasure to be here once again. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. <laughs>
2: Well, thank you also for spoiling the other last two people there, Dave. You really oh, are doing well sorry. on the show. Oh, come on. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, joining us also, our original uh, Kakula member, the winner, we had him on last week, uh, the one, the only Mr Guy Leach. Guy, welcome back to Australian Survivor. Right. guys.
5: Thank you. Thank you. And uh, well, I haven't spoken. I've spoken to Amber in the last 15 years once, maybe, I think, for memory, Amber. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I don't think I've spoken to... David Mason, obviously David Oldfield, yeah. many times we live not far from each other, only 15, 20 minutes away. And Justin and I used to play a bit of golf together uh, here and there. And we'd go to the uh, Jack Newton golf event um, preceding the uh, survivors. So we've uh, mixed a little bit together as well. Yeah. Who's,
3: who's better at golf, Guy? Guy. <laughs> I'll let uh, Justin tell you. Guy. Lay better. Way because <laughs> I'm modest.
2: <laughs> no, no hesitation, no hesitation needed. And also joining us, he was our very first interview that we did at the very beginning of this season. The man behind the cameras, he put it all together, the, the boss, the leader, whatever you want to call him, <laughs> Mr. David Mason, direct from a boat in New Zealand. So uh, good to good to see you. you've gone out for the Location Award right now, David, but welcome yeah. back to Australian Survivor. Archives. Thank
1: you very much. Thank you. Uh, I, I literally yesterday just finished a sail from um, Sydney to New Zealand, uh, where I now live. So I'm now in isolation at a quarantine dock in northern wow. New Zealand. We've got to wait a few days here and then then we're free to go, hopefully. Wow. Better quarantine
4: dock than execution dock, I've always.
2: Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. I want to start off just by going around the room and sort of asking you all what it's been like to go over these memories because many of you have all said in our interviews that this is something that doesn't really come up often it was sort of something you did obviously 15 years ago and kind of you've done many of other things in between then but I'll start with with you Mr Mason kind of what's it been like with everything that you've done since Survivor to be able to have these two random idiots doing a stupid podcast who have wanted to uh, contact you to talk about it once again
1: it, it did two things to me: one, it brought back so many memories obviously about everything we did, but more than that, I remain truly gobsmacked that you guys know so much about the show, you know more than i even, than I've ever forgotten about the show and what happened, who did what to whom and why, and what happened when i had I've got absolutely no memory of all of that, so all those memories come flooding back, and then I try and piece the bits together about what we did and why and how we got away with it.
2: Which I just think it just shows we have no life, but thanks for the compliment. <laughs> it's kind of it, it kind of works. And I will say to you, um, like, let's get this out of the way now, uh, the whole green turd situation with Dicko's toilet, uh, I think Amber owned up to that. So, um, <laughs> so uh, I yeah. I
1: mentioned no names. I was, <laughs> Amber, I mentioned no names. I just said something. No,
0: no, you didn't. Oh, but I think you only didn't mention names because you didn't remember whose name it was. <laughs>
1: I I, I, I thought it might have been you, but I was not game to um, to go there. Oh, bless
0: you! Um, Yes. Sorry, but hang on, Ben. Since we last spoke, has the turd turned green?
2: Uh, I think it was always green. Uh, well, I mean, I probably it if it's still in the toilet out. in Vanuatu, I'm sure it's that's very green by now. That's but, um, what Deco
1: told me. <laughs> it could
0: be green by now, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was green at
2: the time. But then I think it was Guy. You then said it might have been you as well. Like I think everyone had a green turd at one point, No, no, party, no I think they? you or? said
3: it was maybe <laughs> I reckon. I reckon Guy probably put the idea in Tamba's head and then yeah. did it.
0: No, it was definitely mine. I'm... I'm, I'm I don't know. I, I, I think saying I'm happy to own up to it might be going a little but too far. It's
1: the but... fact that he had to get a branch to try and get it down the U-bend. That was <laughs> that's the thing that sticks in my mind. Well,
0: yeah, uh... I actually don't. Anyway, I, I he named me as having done that. I actually, obviously, don't remember. It's not something that I would do consciously.
2: Did not well, make the book?
0: I'll leave that to. <laughs> I'm too busy to flush that toilet. But anyway, if that's what happened,
5: well, that's what well, happened. certainly yeah. memorable.
4: We've got, to like, get past, we've got to get past this green turd because ever since you mentioned it, I've had this image of Bob <laughs> Brown in my head and I really want to get that out of my head if we can. So let's move away from the green turd, which I've never heard of before. I wasn't aware of the green
3: turd. <laughs> oh, me neither. Well, Apart now, from Bob. While we're on the topic of, of Dicko, obviously, unfortunately, he's not here today, but maybe, you know, we should should start talking about him first before we actually get into the show. I hang out with Dicko a lot after the show. Um, he um, he
5: actually joined my uh, program in losing weight, believe it or not. So I was training um, Casey Donovan at the time, Jonathan Coleman, and uh, I started working with Dicko to lose some weight. He had a um, he had a real love for, for drinking wine at night, which didn't help. Um, it made the papers that he was doing that with me. And um, and then Jenny Craig came out with a male product and uh, signed him up to about hundred grand to go and be an ambassador for Jenny Craig losing weight, and he flicked me.
4: That was, uh, <laughs> wow. that was it. Um, the thing I find most disturbing about that guy is that I would have thought, you know, you know I have an eminent level of respect for your capacities, most particularly in a physical sense. And if we look back <laughs> on it, I, I'm not aware of Casey Donovan losing any weight. Jonathan Coleman died and Dicko still drinks as much as he ever did. So these are not success stories you're giving us here.
5: Well, not if, they, if it's coming from your mouth, not not so much. No, <laughs> <laughs> not so
0: much. <laughs> well, one hey, thing it's actually, not, it's w- not worrying about cancel culture in any way. <laughs>
2: no, no we're, We'll tick off. We'll tick off the uh, the bingos there for David <laughs> controversial things. One thing I want to quickly ask, actually, uh, to David Mason. I don't know if we brought this up on the interview, but was there any other potential host besides Dicko or was it always Dicko and 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 that's it? Or were there some other shortlisted people that nearly made the host of the season?
1: Um. Dicko was who the network wanted. They pinched him off idle, um, had him floating around the network, needing a gig, and this seemed like the ideal thing. It was never, it was, to be honest, I mean, Dicko was great, it was, but he um, was never my pick. He didn't seem like the kind of guy that would um, be surviving out there on an island on his own, which you kind of need in a host. need You need to feel that they can do it um you know the challenges and everything else they could do it now you guys go and do it never never had a moment thought that
2: Dicko would be able to do any of the challenges It helped someone like survival. me watching it like it helped someone who looked like me go oh well if Dico can I can yeah. so you know like I, th- I thought Dico so
1: what- got fatter as the show went on
2: yeah exactly <laughs> what,
1: what he what he did do very well which turned out to be useful was um handle um all of our all of our cast who needed quite a lot of handling yeah, um, and he did it with humour and a certain
2: amount of firmness, which um, which we needed. Just just on what you said, you said not your first choice. Did you have it? Like, if you could have had a say, was there like a Channel Seven star that you to would like? To be honest, I can't.
1: I absolutely can't remember. Um, going back, who who was on my radar? Um, to be honest, we you know we we were so quick in pre-production. To be honest, it was a matter of six weeks, I think, in pre-production. That we just had to sign people up who were available, hmm. um, and he was available
2: and part of the network, so there, there weren't there weren't really any choices at the time. I'm just saying, right now, Grant Bowler would have been perfect. I mean, the Mole, <laughs> like, come on, you, you you're the Mole Man, like you know, Grant Bowler would have yeah, been iconic Grant, for that show.
1: But he's he's so at that time he was so um, associated with the Mole. I think the audience would end up being confused.
2: Yeah, <laughs> well.
1: Surely Guy could have got
3: one of his Iron Man buddies to uh, step in. I'm sure they well, Grant
2: Kenny nearly hosted Whaler's Way, so, I mean, yeah, you know, he missed yeah. out to Lincoln, could have come yeah. back for Vanuatu, so that, yeah, that yeah. could have worked. It's, it's interesting because, obviously, I know kind of outside of the show we've talked a bit about working with Dicko. Amber, I, I just refresh our memory in terms of, like, your interactions. Do you ever do have much to do with Dicko sort of working in the media? Like, did you kind of do many interviews with him afterwards or have any association with Dicko after Survivor?
0: Um. I think I met Dicko a few times because uh, I had, my history had been working in the music industry. And obviously that was his original space. Um, And then I think, um, I can't really remember, but I did, I did have some kind, obviously I knew who he was, but I'd obviously had some kind of slight personal dealings with him through musical or whatever it was. Um, But I do, you know, there's there's things that I don't remember but there's things I do remember and it was funny because it was an interesting time, I think, in Dicko's career and, um, you know, he was obviously very, very popular but I do remember him being very humble and enthusiastic about getting the gig um, as the host of Survivor and I saw probably the nicest side of Dicko that I've ever experienced during his time, you know, doing that gig. And, look, I quite liked, what I liked about him at the time was he was someone that just, you know, he did struggle with, you know, a few addictions and stuff like that. And and I think that I, I found him very sort of authentic and real. Um, and, you know, turd story aside, <laughs> I mean, he did send me flowers. He sent me flowers to apologise because I was working on radio and it got back to me and... I just thought it was like I'm not much of a sort of poo and fart, and you know, I'm, I don't find that sort of humor and that sort of storytelling terribly interesting or very clever. So I was a bit sort of shocked. And as a female, I was like, really? Wow, that's pretty low budget. That as a story, you know, line on, on radio, even, you know, we're, you're always struggling to tell stories. But I thought that was pretty low budget. But I do remember that I saw him at a music, it like, must have been an idol thing after that. And you know, given regardless of that, and I'd accepted his apology, um, but he was very—I um, saw him at this event, and he was very sort of you know suddenly too good for you. I just thought it was very strange, and I thought it was a real shame. I liked his vulnerability um, during that that our our experience, but each to their own. I'd
2: love to know, like Justin, you you still see Dico uh, at least once a year. You you play yeah, golf with him. No, so is that? I, do you talk much about Survivor when you catch up with him each year? I I see Dicko
6: up when Guy and I do the Jack the the golf event. Um, I got Gico an invite to to do. He loves golf, and he would come up to the Jack and get involved, and he was lovely. I I'd always have a beer with him up at the Jack. I, I wouldn't see him outside that, but um. It he was, he was very, you know. I used to watch him on, Amer- on Australian Idol, mm. so yeah, he was like Adam Sandler. He so quite, quite, quite popular, and, and I thought he was, it was quite serious. We're coming back, Idol yeah, next year, like crazy isn't hard, like uh, yeah, you
5: know. He had a five-year period, didn't he, where he was just he was on everyone's lips, and he sort of. He was the talking point around the country, wasn't he, with all the gossip and this and that. And he had his he had his run, which was sort of during Survivor and sort of previous to that and a couple of years after. And then it sort of – like, I don't think he, um, he probably made a couple of choices with things that he did that didn't work out. And he sort of ran his race, didn't he? So, Holy moly,
2: um, one of those but, probably. Yeah, <laughs>
5: just sort of made – yeah, wrong. It, like he jumped into everything, didn't he? And like I thought with – Survivor. When when I heard he was a host, I thought, "What? That doesn't make sense." Like he's not the why some pommy bloke that's sloppy looking hosting a show where you you know you meant to tough it out. So I didn't get it, but I thought he I thought he did a good job. I thought his personality sort of carried through, and he's he's quite a clever, intelligent sort of bloke. And yeah, like, like um Dave Mason said, he he handled everyone really well. You know, it's that sort of celebrity, I suppose, talking to another celebrity, sort of, you know sort of did that well. And I mean, I must say we did go, he was really good for me because I mean, my kids went to Idol and were in the audience and so went backstage and met everyone when they were young and we played golf together. So I, we became quite close for a while, him and I, we were, we'd probably chat every second day and I'd go around his house and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, it, um, yeah. And it's it's a shame I
2: don't see him anymore. Yeah. Just, um, Two quick things. Uh, David Oldfield, you obviously went on to First Contact with him. Uh, we talked a little bit about that in, in your interview. But I mean, we love the dynamic watching the season when Dicko just seems to always like take the piss out of you. Uh, but I mean, was that something that kind of when the cameras were off, when you're not filming for First Contact, you were able to kind of keep that sort of relationship up with Dicko? Was it a sort of a different thing, different style of show that you were doing when you were doing First Contact at that point?
4: Yeah, look, it was a different kind of show. I, I don't. <sighs> Yeah, I thought that Dicko did, um, I thought Dicko was quite humorous and I enjoyed interactions with Dicko when we're doing Survivor. Um, I've never found Dicko, I think Dicko's accent and voice generally um, doesn't lend itself well to narration or radio or anything along those lines. So I've always had a general issue with uh, his persona in the media. Um, but I, you know, there's a, I I really don't know what to say about Dicko. I I sort of, uh, I like, it's funny, I kind of like Dicko. Dicko gets to me in a sense of, as a a dear old friend, sadly, who's dead, as so many of my old friends are, um, said, you know, he would have said of Dicko that Dicko was a hail fellow well met. So, I mean, Dicko is a sort of guy that, you know, you can very, you can sit down and you can have an enjoyable, you know, beer with. Um, and Dicko you know, probably enjoys beer more than anybody does. And so you can have a really sort of nice time sitting down and having a good chat with Dicko and all that sort of stuff. But I find Dicko an enormous hypocrite and, and hypocrisy is something that really grates on me you know, very, very severely. And um, I had that opportunity of going you know, through a month with him with First Contact. And, you know, there are levels of enjoyment also where that's concerned. So Dicko is one of those people who's hard to dislike, I think, in the sense of from a social point of view. But there are other elements in a seriousness in his personality that I really can't terribly much get past. But at the same time, even as as I'm saying this, I find him a a, a happy-go-lucky sort of person who, as I say,
2: is nice to have a drink with. He's very – somebody that I think – I know – I'm speaking this way. Matt, I'm as in Matt Dyke. well, there's only one Matt on this show, Ben. What am I talking about? I'm there's so many there's two Davis, I'm thinking there's two of everyone. Um but I know I've always grown an appreciation for Dicko every time I've watched it. I, first time I watched it, I was like, okay, yeah, Dicko's fine. But I, Matt, you and I have had a lot of fun talking about Dicko. We've done the whole thug life thing, obviously, which is a bit of fun on social media, kind of some of his fun one-liners. And the, and the greatest thing, which I know, uh, David Mason, we talked to you about in your interview, was the play hard, play safe and play to win. Like it just it adds a nice little unique element to it. So, uh, yeah, Matt, I, I don't know if you've got much to sort of uh, say on, on Dicko at this point while we're talking about him.
3: No, I think... I think David Mason nailed it on the head. Like they had six weeks in pre-production, which I think is amazing. We've we've spoken all through the season about what an incredible job David Mason did to have such little time to get this together. Um, yes, if they had more time, they probably would have gone for someone else. But at the time, I think we learned he'd just come to Channel 7. He They, they paid big money for him. They needed him to do something. Of course, there was a hosting yeah. gig, ago, so he's done it. I think he, he did the job. And at the end of the day, that's all you want. You want someone who's going to do the job. Uh, could have there been someone better? Probably. Did he do the job? Yes. So you can't really ask much more of him than that.
2: One thing I'd like to talk about, because uh, Amber, you've obviously uh, got to go uh, fairly soon. So I'd like to kind of jump into just the, the tribes that we've got here. We've got two original Mosos, two original Kukula. So let's start with original Moso. yourself and Justin. Um, take us back to those early moments on, on on the beach. And, of course, Justin was a late addition now um, we've spoken to you a couple of times, Amber here over on the Oz Network, and you had some. We had some fun chats about Justin and his uh, soap star status. He's on the line right now. Uh, give us some thoughts, initial memories of our first meeting, Justin, and kind of those those early days on Moso.
0: I loved Justin, to be honest. I um, and you know all of this shit aside, I'm sure I would still love Justin because I believe what I did love in Justin was very, very real, of course. I look, to be honest, and it wasn't just Justin, it was a few, there was a few people on our team that I think I was just really, like, I, you know, I I was the least celebrity. I had the least knowledge of the entertainment industry. I'd I'd worked sort of more more facilitating other people's careers than I did in terms of me being so-called talent or reigniting a career, you know, um, as some people kind of often said that that was what people were doing. Um, so there was a lot of things that was only on upon reflection that I realised how naive I was and probably almost a bit stupid in that maybe I should have been trying a bit harder and stuff like that. So I was definitely in a place where I really took face. I was playing the game very face value, almost as if, as if we are in the real world being friends. So there was this sort of stupid side of me that felt that I got played by Justin because I really did like him. Um, And he just, he just, he was a very necessary element, I think, having him, he was the perfect male, no disrespect to the other males, but he was the (coughs) perfect male for us girls because I do think he genuinely really understood us. Of course, I'm sure he was playing us as well, but I do think he genuinely really was, you know, I would imagine in your real your, your real life, Justin. You know, you probably have female friends, and you know, and and you probably are a great friend in that sense. I did feel probably only because it was really only Imogen, Nicole, and Justin that I felt I got really close to because I didn't really spend much time with the you know, the really? other people, and then I guess a couple of the other girls on our team. I didn't necessarily bond with who was it Fiona Horn and who else was there? I can't remember. Yeah, on.
2: Kim, Kim, Kim um, Johnson.
0: but she was gone in five seconds. Um, uh, but you know, um, so anyway, so yes, I was. Um, you know, you 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 try and remind yourself you're playing a game, but there's still part of you that's a bit hurt when I genuinely this naive person went. Justin's gorgeous, he's really my buddy. And then he, <laughs> you know, stabbed me. But
2: I was gonna say Justin got your revenge when you voted out Fiona and kind of went against that. And then Justin, you got the prompt revenge straight away there, bye-bye oh, bye, amber. That,
0: that was re- Was that revenge, <laughs> Justin? That you were doing that because I voted Fiona out? I just I couldn't I couldn't deal with the Fiona energy anymore.
6: Yeah, no, I know. If if we if we play the game, I think I will say this to Ben. If we play the game in terms of our tribe. When I come back to think of it, if we had kept Fiona, we would have, we would have, we were playing the numbers. But the personal side of you dealing with Fiona, you just had it up. And I,
0: yeah, I had, I, I get it.
6: But that wasn't the game.
0: Do you know the thing is too, Justin? Um, I think that the thing is, I mean, yes, she was a bit more precious and, you know, who wants to be talking about bloody fruit flies at 5 a.m. and you haven't eaten? <laughs> you know, you bloody haven't. Said it. I mean, seriously, you know, there's, you know, I mean.
5: Right, she was on your side, not mine.
0: <laughs> I could be in a five star hotel and room service could arrive with my favorite food and, and, and still, you know, if he's trying to talk about fruit flies, still not interested. But <laughs> yeah. I think the thing. The thing was too, that there was, you know, and everyone's got a lot of stuff going on in their own private lives that they bring to any given moment. And for me at that time, I had, I was really in a world of pain. I just come out of a very brutal relationship with a horrible human. And so betrayal and all of that stuff was really, really rife and really raw with me. And I also had felt very ridiculed and I felt very embarrassed about a lot of the things that had come out in the press because of my relationship with this vile human. And so even just something as small as Fiona choosing me to want to go down the bloody lagoon and do the topless, you know, oh, let's just have a little swim and a little topless whatever, not only did that, is that so not my bag but i it actually really riled me because i thought you've chosen me because you think i'm the biggest dickhead here and that so that offended me on a deeper level than anyone really understood and probably i did not i didn't fully articulate that to myself but i felt i was quite i was very i was hiding a lot of wounds at the time and so it was just something like that too that i just thought that sort of self-promotion and also that sexualized, you know, that I felt was, I thought was very off. <clears throat> it's not what I'm about. But also, I felt that she chose me as the most stupid, and I thought, well, fuck you. Wow.
6: Do you think that was a tactic of hers,
0: or I do? I, I don't think she thought about it that much. I, you know, it definitely wasn't like something she's like, right? Who can I get, and who's going to get their boobs out, and how are we going to get on the commercials, and blah blah blah. But I do think that she, you know, the cogs were always going. She was playing the game. She wanted to get something out of it, and to, and, and including reigniting a career. And as I said, a lot of those things that a lot of other people were doing. Um, but I do think she strategically chose me as the most naive that might just follow her along like a little lap dog. And, you know, as, as, as naive and as vulnerable as I might have been in that moment, I was never an idiot.
2: Well, it but, gave that, us one of the best reactions oh. of the entire season when you just sat there really awkwardly while she was bathing herself <laughs> topless. So, I mean, we, we got at least so a good, good screen grab good of
0: that. I wanna, I'm want to. i grateful for that moment because that was just gold, really. Oh, she, she was a
5: good to... choice as, a, um, as yeah. a person on the show because she was always going to piss someone off, wasn't she? Yeah. She was a great choice by Dave and Mason and the team to get on because – she was never going to last long because she was get voted out but based on her personality, but before she went, she was going to court drama.
4: Yeah. I did, did, did David, I mean, it's interesting you say that, Guy. I, I can certainly see that in Fiona and I can imagine people would see that in me potentially as well. But I, I'm wondering, David, firstly, I've got to say, Amber, I have this vision which will always be in my head, um, of your desperation as you sort of wandered head down around a smoke-filled, desolate campsite uttering the words which will live in history, um, if I get this right, What's a girl got to do to get something to eat around here? <laughs> As you clutched your belly like a kid with beriberi. it was really quite dark. Channel
2: Seven you know, loved showing that on the promos, didn't they? It, <laughs> it, it was fantastic. But
0: it was I, so pathetic, wasn't it? Like I was like five. What do you have to do to get garlic. some food?
2: So you didn't have what to show your what to you do. you can do imagine,
4: it. I was thinking, what did you, you have to do. I'm sure you did. not <laughs> But <laughs> What I wanted to ask David was um, in that where, like I said. Yeah, in your choice of cast and all that, and picking Fiona because you knew she was going to rankle people, did you really know people well enough to make those sorts of judgments in the initial casting? No
1: no, we, no. we, we didn't know people well enough by any means, but we we wanted a mix of people that the audience would um, fall in love with and um, want to come back each week to see because they enjoy seeing them on camera. And we wanted some thorns in there, just to rankle people and just stir it up and just make stuff interesting. The last thing we wanted is a love fest. Actually, well, actually, a love fest would have worked quite well, actually. If I <laughs> 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 yeah, but sure, but that's love But we, did, we didn't. We didn't want a bunch of people Stop there on. hanging out on a tropical island. We needed some stirrers. And David, I... you were one of them. Yeah. Fiona was another. um And you, you performed beautifully in stirring the pot and just creating shit for people.
2: And a few off behind the camera too, which we'll get to, don't worry. We've learned a few stories in the last few weeks, which we're going to address at one point. But I, it's fascinating with Moso. you know, we talked a lot sort of about a lot of people wanting to leave. Obviously, Justin, we addressed that with you. You confirmed all the sort of the, the, the bribery stuff. You got to the bottom of that sort of stuff with it. But, like, do you look at kind of those early days, particularly with someone like Imogen, who so probably should have been the first voted out as we've talked a lot about, Kim goes, Imogen goes on to be the last woman standing in the entire game, the only person who got voted out without making it to the final three without having previously been voted out. I mean, Justin, like, just does that surprise you? Like, do you think back to those early days with Imogen and think, wow, how on earth would have she gotten to the end at that point? Or does knowing oh, Imogen a little I, bit? I, does, think, it,
3: it I
6: think after that challenge where... She she couldn't do the water the water challenges. She wasn't doing too well at. And Guy was just killing it. Besides so the other team, we just killing it. They had all the all the guys. I think um oh at that stage I wasn't sure. I think we just copped it like like someone mentioned before. It's like it's a bit like a love festival we all landed. It was all we're Hawaii we're all getting along. speaking we somehow we forgot that it's actually at some stage we have to play this game and just get along like good mates. I mean, it's a game. And I think, you know, we started thinking about the game after we had these first challenges and we started getting hungry and food was on the line and, and immunity and all these things are coming. in the game, we started being on the line. And I, I, did not expect, um, if it wasn't for the storm and Kim and everyone wanting to go, I thought engine may mm. only for losing only for not doing well in the first few challenges but as soon as we hit that thunderstorm and when it got really um miserable and people um people on my tribe were kind of weighing up like what 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 the f am I doing here you know like do I really need this and Im- Imogen's she was like I can stick this out I might be good at the challenge but I can stick this out hang up for a while um whether how long I you know I was, in there to play. I was in there to try and go all the way.
2: Maybe it was, it was this, you know, money. Dude, I love this. is the great thing about having you and, and Amber here is that you two gave some of the most honest interviews and the fact that Justin, like as you kept saying in your interview, I was there for the money. That's all I was there for. Yeah. And, and Amber, you basically was like you said like why was I doing it? I would never do it again. Like, you know, I barely well, remember I doing said, it.
0: I think I said, um, well, I ended up, well, I put it in my book. I said actually what I was doing it for as super cliched as this sounds, was I was really trying to find my inner hero because I had been really destroyed spiritually, mentally, everything, you know, in my personal life that it ended up in lots of the papers. And I just felt horrific. And I, really really like I didn't want I hate Survivor like I hate it I can't you couldn't pay me to watch an episode of Survivor so when I was offered to do it I'm like are you joking like oh my god like there was just nothing I'd want to do um less but I really saw the opportunity as being shit if I can survive even one day on that awful awful show I'm gonna get <laughs> I'm going to get back some of the self-esteem and my little inner hero and I really really needed it. So I was having my own relationship and yeah, and everyone else was doing it for money or for you know a bit a bit of a fame boost. And so Did it work
2: for you though? Like what you were just saying, did you leave Vanuatu with that yeah. sense of fear?
0: Oh, like I can't even begin to tell you. So I thank everybody and, you know, for for that. And I'm very proud that I was on that show. Even though I don't tell a lot of people, I just didn't like that celebrity word in front of it. So I, you know, there's friends of mine that I've been friends with for 10 years that wouldn't know until I like maybe posted something that you and uh, Matt did that didn't even know that I'd ever done the show um, but, yes, I, I 100% did. I, I got off that show. And, you know, Dicko, as much as I think I, I really understand what you're saying, David, about Dicko, I think Dicko is sort of split between authentic Dicko, which is a big heart, very open, you know, full of flaws, but very loving, and then he's firmly an ego. And I don't, I've don't. i seen him in ego and he vacillates between the two and I don't like the ego version of him, but I adore the authentic one of him. Um but um, he was really beautiful, like, you know, um, not to go back to the third story, um, but he was <laughs> so beautiful. He was literally ready to just give me a hug the minute I was sort of off and he just sat down really authentically and said, let me tell you how you came across to me and some of the crew and he took me out to this beautiful restaurant he bought me Bottle of wine. I was gagging for a ciggy. He bought my cigarettes. Like he was really gorgeous. He he helped really fan my, you know, my my sense of wow. I feel really good about myself. You know,
3: fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, and, good to hear. and you should be thanking Anna Cornercover because if she yeah. ended up being a part of this, you would never have, you wouldn't be sitting here right now. I know Anna Cornercover
4: was going to be on the show no,
3: instead
0: see, of I, Amber. No, yeah. see, I don't like where this is going because David. <laughs> It doesn't matter whether it's 15 years later, he'll still go, shit, and we got Amber? No,
4: no, no. I told you I was thinking about switching to you. Goodness
0: gracious me,
4: Anna Kornikova was going to be. I don't know, I'm finding out all these things I had no idea about.
2: Good yeah. to see you're a good listener and, and of uh, David, Australian Survivor Archives, David. Thanks for that. I appreciate David, it. Um, just, just, David, just quickly. My
0: dad, my dad said when I told him the Anna Kornikova story, I said, because um, I got flicked for her, and then I got brought back on because she didn't get on the plane or something, and my dad my dad said, oh, baby girl, you know I love you, but I'd flick you for Anna, corner
2: Cobra. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say one thing, Amber. You'd probably play tennis better than her, so let's be honest. Um, Amber, you, you've got to head off in just a moment. Two quick questions for you before you leave. Obviously, on Moso, you did play with Mr. Oldfield. Any quick memories of uh, Mr. David Oldfield meeting him for the first time or any fun stories from out there in Vanuatu that you want to share with us?
0: I have to say, my strongest memory—it's actually—it's really strange because yeah, I was sort of, you know, in my own head. So there's probably lots of memories that I don't remember, but I do remember it was a particularly sad night when David, Elton, Justin, and I were spooning on wet sand, (laughs) and the boys were just being typical boys, like you know, doing fart jokes and Christ knows what else. And I was just lying there. I think like. Second from the back, going, oh yeah, where's your fucking inner hero now, darling? (laughs) It was, I was so miserable, but I mean, what could you do? They were having fun. Boys
2: will. Do you remember that, David? Do you remember that night? Oh look, I I don't especially
4: um, remember um, spooning um, Amber. I remember spooning Justin, of course. I,
0: think I, I don't. I don't I especially. You, but, yeah, the backer or the.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but I, I certainly remember the rainy nights, and um, yeah. and the rain was. I mean, I, only yesterday. you know, I often refer to um, some of the things that Survivor got me used to, and only yesterday, I had someone here, and it's been pouring with rain in Sydney. It really pours up where we are. It's like a little. Micro climate of its own, and um, and the people that were here to sort of um, look around sort of said to me, "Oh, do you want an umbrella?" I said, "No, no I did survive. I'm used to being wet." Hmm. Um, so yeah, even today, you know, things like or these days, things like that come come back to me. And, and certainly, what Amber is saying about the um, the privations at those stages, I, mean, I remember sleeping with my feet in a basket, or trying to sleep with my feet in a basket to keep my feet dry. But it was, it was all a f- you know, phenomenal experience, I and mean, I was well and truly used to being in the jungle, so it wasn't all that surprising to me. But you can't get away from, you know, just being wet. I mean, we were wet for about three days, weren't we, Amber?
0: Way longer. It, it was particularly wet then, but it was also wet at the very beginning because I remember there was this, you know, we someone, it was probably, no, I shouldn't say just Justin, but I think it was Justin Fionnhorne. Anyway, they tried to make, and I'm pretty sure I did nothing, Um, but you know they tried to make this sort of cover canopy with the you know the leaves and whatever but of course the minute it started raining like you know we might as well have just jumped in the in the ocean Um, but it and then it was wet and then I remember someone saying oh apparently it's like the you know the the wettest and coldest winter they've had you know in 40 years and I was like what sort of dickhead decided to bring us to Vanuatu in winter?
1: <laughs> well, that, that's David Mason. Hi, David. How you doing?
5: Hi. <laughs>
1: yep. yep. Um, I put my hand up. At, no, no. We'd, 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 <laughs> we went to Vanuatu because the Americas had been there and we knew that that was going to be a quick and easy place to set up Survivor. Um, so that, that that's all it was. that That's the level of thinking that went behind the, the location. First
2: ever international Australian survivor, of course, so yeah. you, you yeah. created history. Amber, yeah. just before, go, so go, Amber.
0: I just want to ask a quick question of David Mason because this is one thing that firmly imprinted itself on my head, in my head, is the snake issue, right? So, yeah. So in the contracts and everything it had said, you know, make sure you wear sneakers at all times, right? But it didn't say because you might get bitten in the toes and you might be dead in 40 minutes, right? Like it didn't say that, right? Not that I read, but I am a bit of a skim reader anyway. And I thought, so the minute I got to the island, I thought, oh, my God, I'm not wearing bloody, it's wet. I'm not wearing bloody runners and getting tinier in this, you know, like life's bad enough as it is. But it was only till I was standing on this bloody rock and and Justin was out there trying to find, you know, the one fish in the ocean. And I was standing sort of waiting for him on this rock this bloody really bright blue yellow and black snake wiggled past and then literally stopped and and came and I wrote this in my book too that it literally launched itself I mean it was so tiny but very bright and it launched itself out and I was standing there going Oh, my God. Like, I was literally shitting myself. I'm like, I, all I know is that it's very bright colours and that does <laughs> that's not a good sign. And, and then I realised later that it was ex- the same colours as our survivor gear and I thought, shit, it thinks that I'm its mummy. <laughs> <laughs> I was literally like, oh, my God, it thinks I'm its mummy. Shit, just go away. Find you know. Anyway, when I got off, when I fi- this thing finally went off and I ran onto the shore... And Fiona said, oh, that's um, there's such and such a snake or something and, you know, apparently you, you could be dead in 40 minutes. So if I hadn't have had, because I didn't have sneakers on when I met my little mate, yeah. if that had bitten me, couldn't I have, like, come yeah. to you and said... No, no,
1: the, the, no. The, uh, a few little cross stories there. There is one type of snake. It is a sea snake. It's black and white, black and white stripes. And it has oh, an it's Blue and
0: yellow. And,
1: and it has tiny, tiny fangs. And it can only get through the faintest of skin. It simply goes through that skin on your thumb and 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 hand. That's where it can bite. Yeah, and actually get through. the shoe thing. The shoe thing. The shoe thing was all about coral cuts. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, so and coral, yeah. Yeah, coral cuts but... which get infected and then that, that turns nasty and ugly. So that, it wasn't about snakes with shoes. Oh, it was about okay. coral cuts. Gotcha.
4: And the other thing, Amber, about sea snakes is the sea snakes have a very, um, a very inefficient venom delivery system. They secrete venom. They don't actually have hollow fangs. So, oh, for example, if you're wearing anything at all and a sea snake bites you, you will probably get no venom in the wound whatsoever, even if there's a wound, because they basically secrete the venom and it just gets caught on whatever you're wearing. So they're very inefficient. They have incredibly, incredibly toxic venom. Like right. a sea snakes range between two and ten times more venomous than king cobras, but the reason for that is that it's a it's a nature aspect of well they've got incredibly inefficient biting mechanism and delivery system, so they've got to have very very dangerous venom. But yeah, the chances of being bitten by a sea snake are minuscule.
2: Steve Irwin on the line here? No, but, like no, no, other David, other no, don't.
4: That's <laughs> a mega Dave. <laughs> it's
2: David Well Abbrain. done, David Jeez, this is crazy. Amber, before we let you go, best memory out there in Vanuatu like what's the one thing that you can reflect on 15 years later and go that that moment to me stands out the most
0: shivers um i mean oh god i don't know about best moment i just think yeah i just think for me it was yeah it was a it was a profound experience because i really was going through the worst period in my life and I felt very much like uh, I was blessed to be given this bizarre opportunity and it really in a, in the, in a very big way um, or elaborate way really kind of just sort of realigned me and um, sent me back into the real world feeling, oh, actually, that's so wrong because then I ended up in that next really bad relationship. Anyway, um, for five, okay, so maybe my best experience was maybe being voted off and going for dinner with Dicko because I felt fabulous that night, and then I felt shit again the next day. I don't know. Good,
2: good answer. Good night. answer. Right,
0: and I was, you know, it, and it's and it was an honour to be amongst a lot of um, the cast because, you know, they were all, you know, pretty amazing in their said spaces. So. Take your book,
2: and before you go, anything final you want to say to any of the guys right now on the episode? You haven't spoken to you know, fifteen years in the build-up is to Tell David Oldfield off, David Mason. You're a prick. Why'd you cast me? Like I don't know. Like just anything before you go. <laughs>
0: um, no, I'd probably it's nice to see Justin's face because I mean it's nice to see all of your faces, but yeah, you know I think I've been reminded just by seeing Justin how much how fond. Everyone was. We all of us girls were very fond of him. And- I think we
6: bonded as soon as yeah. we got back from tribal council. I think there was a, a cigarette butt.
0: Yeah. I
6: took it back to camp. I was like, Emma, click. <laughs> <laughs> Dirty cigarette butt. Let's go. I think, I think we, started, we
1: started. Oh, our right.
6: relationship. Uh, oh well, you started know. It was half you- cigarette butt we found.
2: <laughs>
0: I'm so glad that I'm the type that, you know, instantly bonds with someone when there's things like SIGIC dirty. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of that,
2: Wow. Man. Not, not
3: to mention the spooning things. and
2: farting, which was <laughs> obviously <laughs> yeah, common at all these Exactly. Exactly. Amber.
3: I-, I Amber. I just want to say, Amber, before, before we let you go, um, oh, look, this is the third time we've had you on. Obviously, you were my first ever interview I did back on the Oz Network, which basically started this whole Australian Survivor Archive. So I'll thank you for that again. But just quickly, like, has it been enjoyable reliving the Survivor like all these years later with us?
0: Yeah, it, it has, and I and yeah, and I am thankful for t- for you you and Ben um, because um, I think it's re- I think it was a bit unfortunate that um, I really parked that almost like a shameful thing, which is stupid, um, and I really sort of didn't you know most people if they had a, had the opportunity to be on on the show that we did you know, would be just, you know, still talking about it still, which I'm sure Guy does and, you know, celebrating that, you know, incredible experience in their life, whereas I really shoved it right away, didn't talk about it, you know, full of shame about, you know, the word celebrity because, you know, everyone was sort of like, oh, who's she, blah, blah, blah. And also, as I said, it was just a dark time in my life and it continued to be a bit dark after that, but that was because I still hadn't really worked out my issues and and unfortunately ended up in another very bad relationship but um so it's really nice that it's brought it back up for all the goodness rather than the dark time and rather than me putting it back in that sort of you know the, the shameful the dark eras so it's been great like that you know and having in bringing you know light moments to it all it's been it's been good
2: I'm just I'm just glad that Matt and I suck at asking the serious questions. So um, that's probably where. <laughs> no, you,
0: and I, you two, you two are fantastic. I, you, you've got good energy, and I really appreciate
2: and it. And Amber, like
3: I said, just before I let you go, I, I've just bought your book, as as you know, and I can't wait to get in to read it. So you'll hear a lot more from me because each chapter. I did it with David Oldfield. I just finished reading David Oldfield's of course, um, book.
0: David. They told me I need to get your book.
3: Yeah. Oh, I'll organise to
4: send you one if you really want one, Amber.
0: It's oh, good. I'll organise to send you one too if you really oh, no, right.
4: we, we, we can give each other one then.
0: All Look
2: right. at that. I like it. Amber, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for once Thank again you. joining us Lovely and uh, reliving memories. All. And we'll Bye, Amber. chat again you soon. Bye, Amber. Take care.
0: Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye.
2: Now, before, I want to talk about Kakula, obviously with, with Justin and David, but David Mason, just while we're on the topic of, of Moso, do you have any memories of like when you put sort of them all on the tribe? These initial the, the gender split. We obviously talked a little bit about the idea behind no, adding sort of Justin awesome. that differently. But do you um you know have any memories thoughts of you know whether on paper that they got on the beach and things were kind of how you were thinking they would be or sort it of it was you know, it
1: was pretty much down the gender split plus a bit of crumpet on each. So <laughs> Gabriel with the guys, Justin with the girls. Um, It was as basic as that, you know, Uh, we we didn't want an absolute gender split because that's kind of not interesting. But having a lovely bit of crumpet with each, um, you know, is um, adds a a preson song Hold on, Justin, your crumpet,
2: mate.
1: Your crumpet. That's (laughs) your
2: crumpet. I thought it was a bagel. (laughs) That's why you're on the big box, brother. (laughs) <laughs> was, was, it, was there anyone, David, from that original Mosa that surprised? Like, who was the one player on Mosa that surprised you the most, uh, whether it was that they didn't do as well or they did a lot better than you were thinking they would do?
1: Oh, I think
2: Elton, to be honest.
1: Okay. Um, as Elton, in he surprised you he memory, didn't do as well
2: or he did better than you thought yeah, he would
1: Yeah, my memory with Elton is that he he didn't step up in the way that I thought he would. He seemed to be fairly... Slightly background, playing it slightly passively, and not really engaging with the game. And I, I thought he would be a, a stronger player.
2: Loved his steak, um, which mm-hmm. uh, you know, just uh, we talked a little bit about that. J- Justin, just quickly um, before we move on to Kukula, uh, just while we're on the topic of steak, want to get your anger off at all to Mr. Oldfield here for that whole, oh, yes. uh, you know, did fucking beef stroganoff <laughs> stew. You just wanted your steak, right? Like,
6: <laughs> uh, I even go back
2: and remember that 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 clip.
6: Was, we were really hungry, because remember I'd been on the female side, um, we never won a challenge. So I was pretty damn hungry. So by the time that steak came up and we won it, um, I'm, I'm, I would love David Oldfield to, to cook for me sometime when we're not on an island. <laughs> with your with your with with your talent, but we were just playing freaking hungry. We just want to eat that steak, <laughs> and, and um, but you know when you're under pressure, when you're under when you're hungry, you're tired, you're wet, you're cold, and um, and you look at a, a rare steak in front of you. I, I would have eaten a pig we found up in the. I think we we'll, we went up looking for 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 wood and for. For poor whatever else. And we saw someone had, there was a pig tied up. It was someone else's, one of the indigenous, one of the little farms up there. And, and we had a machete. I think we we're ready to chop up a pig. So <laughs> that steak, that
2: steak was very good. Mm, okay, good. Uh, all yeah. right.
6: And, and uh, David to
2: throw in his spices and element zesty salad. And the 60 salad, which gave yeah. Elton the best. I don't give a shit about the salad, I just want the steak. Uh- <laughs> yeah,
6: he's a true rugby man. He was, he was a hungry, he was also a big boy, he's a hungry boy. I don't think, uh, I don't, I don't think he he could to less about what what um Jesse
3: was on the steak.
2: I, I'd love uh, to kind uh, of I just want to ask you go, Matt,
3: go, Matt, with production. Did did production get in trouble at all? We we heard with doing these interviews that um. The, there was a French survivor that had been there prior to you and they had um, damaged one of the... the they fucked the up the tree. Bamboo tree. Did, did you guys get in trouble for anything? For- no, did- no, no, no.
1: Um, our our production partners, the um, Kiwi company, had done a lot of work in Fiji. And as soon as we were in pre-production, they went out to Fiji and started talking to, um, not just the national government, but the, the local villages. And engaging I with them. I hope you mean Vanuatu, though. Yeah, Vanuatu, Vanuatu. <laughs> yeah, they're in Fiji. We're um, in Vanuatu. Forgive me. And um, engaging with the local villages and um, bringing them on board, absolutely. And so that everything we did was with their permission, in keeping with their um, their community life, their beliefs. I remember we we had some village. Um, um, visits I remember some of the rewards I think, and um we told some stories about their um there's a big i think a big banyan tree that was very mm-hmm. important to, mm-hmm. for that and so we we encompassed all that within our own within the show we did not want to be there imposing our values our t v show on their community we we actually wanted to make sure that we reflected their their culture and their their community within the show
2: which i mean matt brought that up because on one of the episodes it was the the infamous you know returning episode when when obviously guy mm. and justin eventually returned and dicko's underneath mm. the tree and you were doing i think for the channel seven website at the time weekly production notes and you had mentioned in that week's one that yeah the french survivor had damaged it or they had done yeah. something to that tree so you mm. were saying how careful you were being underneath that tree absolutely
1: and, yeah uh, yeah respecting yeah. the land yeah. and
2: culture and everything yep. on those lines um similar question now to to david oldfield and and to guy about sort of those initial Kakula days i know in both of your interviews you obviously talked a little bit about you know who are you familiar with and kind of relationships and all that i might start with you guy like do, do you remember those again early days on on Kukula? like any sort of memories that maybe we didn't talk about in the interview last week maybe mr oldfield on the line right now that you kind of remember
5: well i had um you know i had Wayne up my sleeve because he was a, at the time he was living in Manly and I, I saw him around and, and um, so as soon as we got to the airport and I saw him there, um, you know, we struck, struck a chord straight away, but, but it worked to my disadvantage um, with how he was going with the girls. And I, I knew I was on a, on a road to nowhere with him. And I was trying to calm him down and keep the girls happy, you know, um, but he was just giving everyone the shit. So that didn't, uh, that sort of went against the way I thought it was going to go. Um, I thought um, David, um, David, I didn't like, I, I obviously knew David was more infamous than, than you know, than anything else based on his past as a politician. And so I got on with him straight away, which um, I, I, I wouldn't say I was overly surprised, but it was, um, I thought, I thought, you know, based on his background, how I thought he was going to be, it wasn't like that at all. Um, Gabby um, Gabby dropped in in late and you know I, I, she was just easy going and, and easy to deal with and I always felt that um, what you saw with her was, with what you got was, was a pretty girl that really was there probably for the money as well and, and you could tell that she was going to check out at some stage and not want to hang around so I liked the fact that she was there because I had her up my sleeve
2: to, to be a bit of a fall guy
5: yeah, or fall girl
2: Mr. Oldfield, similar question to you. Anything that sort of, uh, you know, on on what Guy was saying, or just sort of those those early days and and sort of those early moments on Kakula.
4: I thought that we had quite. Look, I I front I think I said this when I was talking to you guys when we did our our interview. Um, yeah, you know, I loved doing Survivor. I really enjoyed it. You know, tremendously. I wasn't familiar with the show particularly. I'd only seen one or two episodes after having been cast. Um, But I loved doing it. It's my favourite of the five of the five, believe it or not, reality TV shows that I've done. Survival was my absolute favourite. And I was raring to go. When it finished, I would have backed up and gone straight back into the jungle again. I I enjoyed it that much. And when we were first just on the beach and there was Guy and Wayne and Elton and, um, and then, of course, Gabby turned up and there was me, um, I thought we had really a very nice time in many respects the last yeah. the first few days. Um, I mean, I remember sitting up all night. I don't know how I got talked into this, but probably because she was you know, quite frankly so hot um, that, you know, Gabby talked me into staying up with her the first night she was there because she was obviously jet lagged or something. I didn't want to go to sleep. And so I remember doing that, but just, you know, the boys and the lots of stuff, I thought we had a really nice time. We did some, Funny sorts of things, and I told you guys. I don't think this ever actually made the final cut, but um, I talked the, the, everyone into chopping down a, a coconut palm, and so we'd, we'd actually sort of gone out there with our machetes and taken turns and chopped down this sort of like twenty meter high banana, um, coconut palm. To because I convinced everybody that the best coconuts were the ones that were not quite going to fall off. They were sort of green inside, had plenty of milk, and everything. And um, That never made the cut, you know, this environmental vandals that we were in the jungle chopping down this very large coconut palm. But by and large, the first few days, I I sort of thought we're very relaxed and we had a nice time and we won a couple of challenges and we were sort of getting a few things. and, And we were horrified, of course, when the swap came and it all sort of got mixed up like that. But. Yeah, yeah. I I enjoyed the whole it, it was
5: it was good early on because we were winning too wasn't yeah. it like you, you went back to camp every time victorious and things were smooth and, and you know and I I kept thinking how good is it they have pitted most of the guys together against the girls i mean the way the challenges are going this is just going to be like knocking down skittles um <laughs> you know then obviously you know the, 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 the flip was going to happen because it was just it was just one sided. So
2: yeah. And the only one you lost is because of bloody Ben Wynn, Let's be honest. Uh, that's the only one you geez, ended geez, up You guys with. are giving it to him. Imagine if he's listening to all this. <laughs> yeah. If he's, he's listening, healthy, great. He's we he's alive. We know he exists. We'd love him. You, ben, well, you guys might Come not on. be. He might literally
5: <laughs> do you both in.
2: Probably, I mean, he's, he's probably got connections I mean, look, let's be honest, he'll, he'll come on the show I'll, I just won't be on it, Matt will be on it Because Matt, Matt likes the guy, I've just been Dave, David Mason, any, any luck to get in the Rolodex, find out who he was? <laughs> yeah, look, the whole,
1: the whole Ben Wynn thing um, that, that was, I mean, I, we talked about it when we talked earlier The whole of that was us trying to eke out more episodes for the budget we had, and obviously we're throwing money at all of you guys to to appear. We couldn't have, we didn't have the budget to pad out the entire 13 episodes, I think it was, with celebrity cast. So we were just thinking of different ways that we could introduce people that were frankly going to be cheaper um, than you guys, and Ben was, was one Cheap. idea. <laughs>
0: and um and, and the return
1: the return of the cast
0: was, What would happen to this
1: day to this day i so regret it goes against everything in survivor um but that was frankly a way to get more episodes out of the cast we had what would happen if he won
3: david because he never had a charity would he <laughs> what, what would have happened
1: you would have had to quickly I- find him charity. I really don't know. I can I, I. 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 don't think we ever considered that you guys, the rest, the the rest of the cast, would let him win. No, because <laughs> you know, he's just too strong. Too. Strong. I think. Uh, I think David
5: and I and a couple. Of, we, had, we had. a chat early on and just said, no, but
1: yeah.
5: whatever happens, he's. We've just got him on the list to go to leave yeah. straight away. So it, ga- it yeah. gave us at least another two days to to not have to worry. Yeah, yeah. that,
1: that that's what we kind of figured. Well as,
6: as as soon as we found all the all the the spinach, the sugar cane, as soon as we found out there's a whole fruit fruit and veg up there in the jungle behind our tribe, then he was going after that. I think Lynchy was like, uh, all right, we got we know where our food is, so he was yeah. like, off off the chopping yeah. chopping board. Yeah. done his mm-hmm. job,
2: basically. That's yeah. all that's all he needs to Pretty do. Much. Just, just yeah. quickly on the on the swap, uh, David Mason, was it was it structured? Like you knew after two votes, that's when the swap would Or was it fluid? Yeah. Could you have changed yeah. that?
1: No, no, no. Uh, it was fluid, but we knew it was going to be up two or three, or F three or four. Um, because as as guys said, we knew the guys were going to nail a lot of the challenges. We tried to make the challenges less physical in some ways, um, but no, we knew the guys were going to, were going to win them and then... Um, we'd have to do the, the swap at some stage anyway, but we figured at F- F3 we're going to have to do, and we wanted to do it early anyway, to split up the alliances, mm. to mix it up early so that everyone was slightly unsure again and didn't settle into, um, a set piece of how it's all going to play out. That was again, a fear <laughs> about, uh, about that you guys were just going to outthink the game and have a a series of set pieces. So we needed to be able to mix it up when we needed to stop that happening.
2: Which is what we've talked a lot about throughout the season. Is kind of just this this middle period. This season falls into, I guess, the Survivor history. Obviously, season one Whalers Way was very old school. You know, very structured. No tribe swap. You know, uh, not really a whole bunch of you know blind sides things like that. Whereas this season was kind of the middle. It was still very classic feeling, but you had a tribe swap. You had blind sides. You know, obviously the yeah. infamous returning uh, player twist and everything. Yeah. Which obviously the Channel Ten seasons now do a whole lot more with kind of things like that. But I I, I mean, I don't know if you, I know we talked a bit to you about. I
1: think think we were the first survivor ever to have people, you know, returnees. And in my mind, still, it's completely wrong. The returnees had just spent a few days or more eating up, resting, and then they come back um to you know the the rest of the, the rest of the you tribe do it a bit differently are, you know, on, on yeah. The, yeah yeah the I think I think and when we do that episode the whole thing is wrong. It's against yeah. the philosophy of
2: whatsoever. Well it I think be. Matt and I came to the like and again it's sort of like if you're gonna do that, do it early. Don't do it second last episode. Do it like yeah. the merge yeah. or something. Like you because yeah, completely. It, Completely, it's, yeah. it's, That's um, what it says out. Which I, you've, you've now got, though, obviously, uh, the time of recording this most recent Channel 10 season, we had Hayley who got voted out and then came. So you've now, Guy, you've obviously been joined by someone else now who's been voted out and come back in the game, right? So, like, you're not, now not they, the they only. They probably
5: didn't come back in right at the end, though, did
2: they? Look, in, I, I, haven't, I haven't seen it. I just know that yeah. she did it. Matt, you would have to kind of go into the explanation yeah. of that. But, yeah. Yeah. I no, have, I have to say,
1: the, when we are planning it, I'm um, thinking, well, we're going to have to do this didn't occur to us for a moment that whoever was returning would end up winning. Mm. Because I thought there'd be so much ang- so much anger against them all, thinking everyone else would be thinking this is so unfair, they don't deserve to win. They've already been voted out. They don't deserve to come back. They don't deserve to win. And we, uh, everyone, uh, all of us, were uh, well, completely flabbergasted. To- bit- I, like, I, I have to be...
4: I have to jump in there. I'm sorry. So, so David, I wasn't the only one who was blindsided by the stupidity of some of the people who were involved in the show then. Um, Because that's very interesting hearing you say that. Because Mm. it really is a matter of, uh, you know, if we get back to what happened where I was concerned Mm. with Imogen and Nicole, and that was that, you know, I never, not in a a million years, where I've ever trusted either of them what I trusted was that it didn't make any sense to do what they did. And it was my yeah. like trust in the fact that you couldn't possibly be so silly as to turn three votes uh, against two into two against two. Yeah, and, and that was how I got caught out in, in that sense. But, but so it's, you got, you,
5: got, you got to remember this. So, so when we got the, the note under the door the, the night before we went back in, and I m- remember seeing this note going, no way, they're giving us another shot of this. Couldn't believe it, right? And and then we knew Gabby didn't want to go back in, so she was going to throw it. She didn't want to go back in for any money, right? So she was out. So it was only going to be between Elton and me and, and Justin. And we all made a pact that we knew full well that the two coming in against the three that were already there were sitting ducks. And we had to come up with something that was plausible enough, a, a story that had some sort of strength to be able to play to give us a chance of not just going and getting slaughtered again, because we all we all knew that, like we all knew that we we're going back in to fill some more episodes, because that we were just dead men walking. We knew that, right? So we went in there pre-planned of what we were going to do,
1: and we knew we had well, a day. Clever, to do it. Yeah, we and, had a and day David- to do
5: it, and and Justin and I once we knew that um, if if all any three of us went in, we had a plan to go. And we had to execute it really quickly. And because Elton missed out and Justin and I were going in, we knew to the letter what we were going to do. And we, we come up with all different scenarios on that morning when we were going back into the game. And we came up with the one that we thought was the one that the girls might believe against you, David.
1: Mm. And, and, uh, and, you know, and
5: as we know, yeah. it worked. So. And, oh, it really,
6: and some of those two plans was part of David's crafty work was coming undone because when he pushed with the girls, we backed off. And then when he backed off we pushed with the girls and pushed back to yep. him like right? we yep. we only had this flavor sort, sorted out by the time yeah of, and it was a cat and mouse
5: game because we knew yeah. david was going to stay around the girls and not let us near them um to give us a chance to have a word to them and mm-hmm. i remember going back in and i said to david is the one scenario that we played first which we knew wouldn't work but we played it out was i went up to you david and said listen mate come up against the two of us you've got a much better chance of winning against the two girls. You pretty much can't beat Imogen, you know, I don't think. And if you go up against the two of us because we get rid of the girls, then you're pretty much going to win Survivor because you've been there the whole time. So that was the first play. And you said, no, nah, sorry, Leachie, mate, I'm loyal to the girls. Mate, I'm going to go against you. And we shook hands basically and said, it'll be what it'll be. So there was that bit. Then we went to the second scenario, which was that, mate, we told the girls that... David wanted to go up against the blokes because he wanted to have a full ding-dong battle, and he felt like he had a better chance of beating the blokes who had been out of the show and coming back in than beating the girls.
2: David, you're screwed either way yeah. because if you think about it, you got Justin and Guy who are tight. They've come back into the game. You know, they're, they're, they're forces. They're, they're doing whatever they can to survive. And you got Imogen and Nicole who are basically unbreakable. So you are the middleman there. And eventually yeah. they all ended up rather than you just, I mean, you sided with Nicole and Imogen because you thought they were going to be loyal, but ultimately at the end of the day, you were kind of odd man out. You didn't really well, I Well,
4: I was with Imogen and uh, Nicole because I had committed myself. That was a thing. And, I'd ha- I you know, I can't even remember now how much of it, Went to air ultimately, but you know, I, I think some of it probably didn't because I was explaining it so thoroughly that it probably wasn't stuff they have necessarily coming out. But I sat them both down and I, I said, look, you know, um, there are people coming back in here. I said, or oh, coming in. I don't know how it's going to happen, um, but there are there are more contestants, and they so sort of said, well, yeah, how can that be so? They, well, because you know there's not enough of us here for this to go. You, well, we know how long we're going to be here. We know how the game plays with the reward and the challenge and so, and so. Yeah. It stands to reason there are more days left in what we're filming than there are us for it to work out the way it's been. So something's going to happen. I don't know whether it's going to be one or two people, but somebody is coming into the game somehow. I had no idea it was going to be Guy and, and of course, um, Justin coming back, but I knew someone was coming and I explained all that to them and, we had the conversation about, well, look, there's the three of us, no matter who comes back, um, all we've got to do is just stick together and just keep voting them back off again. And then we'll be back to the original three. And yeah, I know you two are together. Whatever happens then, well, that's what happens. And I'm kind of stuck with it. And they agreed to all that. And I agreed with them. So, you know, I was kind of stuck with them because I, I said that I would do that. Uh, you know, I was let down, I'm afraid, um, by my own. Lack of judgment in in realizing that they could be so silly to believe, you know, the fact they fell for what Justin and, and Guy were telling them is the crazy thing. Because for yeah. me, it just all came down to numbers. You took,
5: you took the percentage chance of what it should have been. Like you went right. the percentages and it should have gone that way. It should have gone just
4: purely surprised. based on, it should have gone that way yeah. purely based on numbers. There were three well, of, us, when there were two you, of you. There when were three you of us, there two any- of you. Three votes always beats two. For some yep. reason, they never worked out that three votes always beat. No, two. But, yeah, and but they no, turned it into two against two.
5: Where we got it, where we got it, mate, was that if if they if either two girls went up against us a tribal council, that there were a good chance of beating us based on we were out of the show. That was that was the kicker, right? Correct. And the girls, the things were forward like, thinking. The girls were you, forward thinking. Had, had, forward had, thinking you, had you agreed? I reckon. Had you agreed with with me at that time hmm. on the beach to go? You know what? Screw it. Screw it, Leti, I will go with you guys. And you went you went against um, what you were saying, which you didn't want to do, I know, because you wanted to play straight batter, get it. But had you done that, you probably would have been the winner of Survivor. Had you won, had you won, had you got, had you gone well on that last challenge, you very well would have won Survivor because it's an easy story to tell the jury that you've been here from day dot and the other two haven't. And that's why oh, Justin yeah. and I had to get to the finish against each other because yeah. we're both equally busted with the um, the vote out and the coming back in again. So yeah, look, the, the
4: only the only regret that I have from all of it is failing to anticipate that people could be as silly as to think three votes wasn't as good as two.
5: I just, um, but I think I think you're missing the point that for them, point. no, but for them, yeah. mate, taking either one of us if they get through us to the last two gives them a better chance of winning. I would
4: have thought. Oh, no. I mean, that I was understand so much- I understand exactly what you're saying, Guy, but what, okay. I, what I would point out is that sometimes you can think so far ahead that you don't get to get ahead because what they first sure. needed to get through was get past where we were. And to get past yeah. where we were was three votes against two and that was the way it was going to go. And yeah. then the most likely scenario from my point of view where they were concerned was that there'd be the three of us left again and something would happen where the two of them would vote me out. I was fully expecting that we would go through with the best chance of the three of us finishing up at the end again, yeah. and then the two girls would be positioned to vote me out and one of them would win. That's how yeah. I saw it happening. They, from what you're saying, were looking too far ahead without realising what they had to do to get there in the first place. I think
3: with
5: Survivor, to be fair, if you watch episodes over the years, the the good player, well, when I started good players, but the... The normal thinking is you start working when you're getting down to the pointy end, who you want to take to the last two. Like you do that on purpose because you think about when you go up to the jury and you plead your case, you need a better story than the other person. And and that's what we played on. We played on the fact that, listen, if you get to the last two with David, you might not win. You get to the last two, Nicole, or or Imogen with either Justin or me, how the cards fall, you're going to win. And that's why uh, they decided and at so the end of the me, day, it's I think crazy that's that
1: it might
4: seem that... like I wasn't looking at what would happen when I got to the last two. Mm. Um, and I can probably hear Survivor fans of Survivor go, Oh my god, what were you thinking? And that was because I never expected to get to the last two. I fully expected to, where we were, to retain the fi- the original final three as the final three based on the way votes would work three against two and our our percentages of, of you know good fortune where that was concerned and that ultimately the most likely thing is that the two of them would then vote me off. So that was where I was always seeing it. But I, I understand exactly what you're
5: saying. Yeah, it's a lot of yeah, crossover. I, I get what you're saying too. I get it's that middle
2: ground of the old school, new school mentality. surviving. It is. Guys, you've talked a lot about you were a fan of the show. so you'll. Like, and I think at the end of the day, the ultimate situation shows that as we've talked about, we talked in both your interviews that both you and Justin, uh, like you outplayed all three of them. You somehow turned that situation well, into I, your advantage, adjust, and you outplayed. I said
5: to "Yeah, I said to Justin, I don't care about the money. I just want to win." And when and when the thing came, when that letter came back in from David, David, you know, extending the show the, a couple of eps, um, you know, with, with with a budget that wasn't wasn't big, it was it was a chance, and I literally said to myself, "I'm not going down this time." I went out pretty quiet the first time. I couldn't. I couldn't turn around the crew from throwing me, me out on the um, when when the merge came. I couldn't do it. But I literally was 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 filthy that I couldn't fight hard enough. And when I got the chance to go back in, I was going to throw the kitchen sink at it because I didn't care about the money. All I cared about was winning. And well, I Justin, cared about, winning. Justin oh, cared about the money.
2: We know Justin cared about the money.
6: Sorry, I just got a question for um, Dave, mate
2: Mason. Hi, mate.
6: Um if, if if in the production, because I feel like we've been kind of accountable that some of us went off and we got an overnight shower and a good meal and then we came back home, which I thought was a bit of a nightmare because your stomach has then got to shrink and go through all that um, need for food. That that, that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're fresh for the first or two days in, but somehow I think it played against you when you went off and got refreshed because you went through the, the rehab again or, of uh, of the whole thing, why was not production? Why didn't you set up a camp? If this was a plan thing, why wasn't an area where we could just be in no man's land, still yeah. on the land, still not not in a hotel? Why not? Yeah, something-
1: no, fair. Really, really good question. I don't think we thought that far ahead. I don't yeah. think we had time to think. It. Um, we were we weren't you know shooting at the hip, but we were. Sort of running on empty a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't have the staffing, frankly, to have another camp to mind you, to look after you, to manage you in some respect like that. We thought in the hotel, then we'll deal with it. It's and you it's probably thought that episode. we're
5: we're going out straight away anyway. So who gives a yeah.
1: shit? Yeah, yeah, uh, and and to some extent, anything that doesn't happen on camera is of less concern to us. I mean, but you're absolutely right. That's what we should have done. But no, we did. We didn't do that. Uh, and and was, to be honest, we always considered that um, anyone who has returned would be the first to go. Then episode fodder, and that's all it was. The we was, had go- no idea that you guys were going to be strategizing and end up being in the final two. <laughs> that was.
0: Well, we were beat like strategizing.
6: Well, yeah, we over a beer. We'll strategizing because yeah, we just had. We just I'm shook hands and so just go in there and and, and play the game.
1: Yeah, and that's and absolutely masterful. It took us, I have to say, at the time, I was disappointed, I was yeah. worried. I was worried about how we were gonna tell this story to the audience and what the audience mm-hmm. would think about the fairness of it. Um, because we didn't think it was fair, frankly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and yet, this is what had happened. And so we had to be able to tell the story, but it would have been a much easier story to tell had the girls got through, or, or David. Um yeah. and a much easier story to tell and, you know, the guys had got their comeuppance muffins at the hands of the girls or David or whatever and nice easy story, out we go but um, it took a lot more storytelling on our side to try and explain what was going well, on. I mean, I mean we Imogen, well. and,
5: Imogen and David deserve to win, you know, based yeah. on the mm. whole run rundown mm. of the thing but, you know, to to I mean, Justin's an athlete and a competitor from yesteryear and that's all I've ever been and the problem... The problem you had was that, you know, it, it turned out exactly how you didn't want, and we were we were not going to do anything else but fight fight to the bitter end because you gave us a chance to. So. Which which is, is the one, and, one thing and, I wanted to touch on that although, quickly
2: is that I mean in both Guy and Justin's your interviews, you talked about sort of some coming together with, with Mr. Mason. I don't want to sort of dwell on and sort of go in and relive all that, but like for you, David Mason, was that was it like a bunch of pressure that you were feeling? Like Justin told me about the us about the conversation you had with him about that final vote. Was that just you were panicking. It was like production, like shit. What are we going to do with this season right now if Imogen doesn't get to the end? And no. you were kind of thinking that. No, no, no. like, what was that um, thought process?
1: It, it, the, the the thought process for us is all about storytelling, and the the last thing we want is nothing happening. Here we had a heap happening, and I'd much rather extract clarity out of a complex situation than try and create something interesting when nothing is happening. So. We were relieved that shit was happening. We were just thinking, we just don't know how we're going to explain this and and how how this can possibly true be true to the Survivor when a returnee or a pair of returnees end up being in in the finals. It's um and that, that my panic was really about how how we've blown what Survivor is meant to be. We, as far as I know, we as I say,
2: we're the first. Show to have returnees into Survivor. Pearl Islands. U.S. Survivor had done that on Pearl Islands. Had they? I
1: did not know that. Yeah, and I one of the players
2: that. got. Well, if you if you're familiar with Sandra, first two time winner, she that was the first season she won. She went to the end with a uh, an outcast by the name of Lil, and so there was one player that got brought to the end who had come back into the game, but obviously Sandra mm. well and truly won. So yeah. again, had Imogen maybe gone with Justin, we'd yeah. be talking differently about your season, yeah. of course, completely. But um, mm. you know, because mm. Burton and if Burton and Lil had have gone to the end in Pearl Islands, yeah us survive would be a very different story as well so yeah it's it's kind of interesting but it was it was fascinating both hearing from guy and justin kind of confrontations at the end and sort of everything and it's just you're right at the end of the season it's kind of like guy and justin you're both in this mode where you're like you've, you've got back in as guy you were saying you're desperate you're going to do anything to kind of get there so it's kind of it's it's interesting to kind of to look back and hear these behind the scenes stories that ultimately we we never get to see We wish we had Ponderosa going there, David, like what they do on the Channel 10 ones. We could have uh, seen some very juicy stuff going on between uh, the contestants and the productions and, and Guy's well, foot coming off the, the thing at the end there and everything that came from that.
5: <laughs> I mean, look, Dave, David uh, Mason and I had, had our run-ins a couple of times, but mm. to be fair, we, we, um, we sorted all that out. I, I get where he was coming from. I know that he had his producer cap on mate, he was running this show for the network, he was paid to do it, He's trying to come up with the best product, mate, I was there to win. And he mm. was just in my way to do that at that time. So, you mm. know, I've like, so got nothing against him now, but at the time, he was my enemy. You
1: know? I was, I think I told the guys this, I was terrified of all of you. Because, <laughs> um, you know, you could just gang up, as you nearly did uh, after that big storm, and just collapse the entire production mm. um and and i was you know there was we were living on a knife edge all the time that any of you um or rather more than one of you at a time could crack the shits and walk off and leave us scrabbling to to create a to, show to be
5: fair the three of us here right now would be the last ones to walk yeah.
6: away yeah
1: know, fair, we enough, fair enough characters yeah. to
5: do that small girls yeah. or something yeah. So, yeah. I, I don't Point think that's is, very
6: Australian either just to you get signed up any of, the, any of us have got any professional history with contracts you sign up for a contract
1: you just finish it out mm-hmm. yeah but but on the other hand if, if, if any of you had thought that we in production were mishandling it were stuffing up the game um, mishandling in fact not being responsible for safety all yeah. the stuff that you expect on a set anywhere anywhere you know you're shooting. And more importantly, just stuffing up Survivor. You would almost be right in having a rebellion.
2: Season one did it. Well, season famously well, season we, we one we were on the we verge happened. of stuffing up Survivor.
6: We yeah, we'll we, yeah. we had that um Vanuatu staff member that was getting us biscuits from set. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That kept us alive. For a and, and Wayne years. telling no, the story no. when he got taken off for medical reasons, stealing all the uh, <laughs> the cans of Coke and everything, you know, he was he was stealing stuff and giving it to everybody. So, But it, yeah. it, season one it happened, of course. Um, Stephen Peters told the story that they, they decided last minute to make it a final three, which, of course, was unheard of in Survivor at that point. Mm. And essentially Shona, Joel and Rob mutinied. They were like, nah, fuck it. We're not doing anything right now. And Stephen Peters threatened to say, well, you're all fired and whoever got fifth will win. But basically they held the cards and Stephen Peters relen- relented and they, yeah. you know, went back oh. to the final two so it's kind yeah, of that yeah. level. one one real quick thing i'd like to ask you david just while we're on the topic of production things like that justin as i said earlier clarified the whole sort of storyline around this bribery scandal that happened on the season and everything on those lines and the thing that fascinated me when justin telling that is the amount of conversations he could have without cameras being there and was able to kind mm. of play the cameras and kind of be able to have these conversations without it being filmed Do you sort of look back and think how that was possible? Like, how is that possible that you are able to get players having conversations off camera? Because I would assume it's sort of a case of you have to, besides them taking a leak or something like that, like everything has to be filmed.
1: Um, Everything has to be filmed, but we have only a certain number of camera crews on rotation. Mm. And, you know, we're not there all the time, you know, a couple of people wander off to go and get water or do this or do you that. Go, we you can't
5: go for a there. swim, you go in the ocean, you can't, they're not
2: coming out. But, we can't But on that, was that a budget so, issue? Was that because the, no, the budget no, was I small? Think those guys you wouldn't there, do that yeah, on it, Channel 10 today. There's no way they it, would it. let that happen. You, yeah, you, you could can swim out 300 metres and you could have a conversation.
1: The difference between normal survivor and celebrity survivor is that, frankly, we're dealing with professionals. They know how filming works. Um, normally it's scripted or whatever, but they know how it works. We have to play that game as well. And we have to acknowledge, you know what we need. We know what you need. We're going to have to do this together to come out with a good product. Right. So we're going to have to rely on you to play with us, but we can't we can't impose things. We can't demand things out of you which are unreasonable that would be unreasonable on a film set, on a, on a TV set. So there was there was that balance all the way through that Which, um, a bit of you scratch our back with we'll scratch yours within the nature of the game, I think.
2: And I can it, imagine that made it you've difficult. raised that, David, you know, I,
4: I have to say that um, having done all of these other shows since mm. um, one of the reasons why survivor is, you know, remains my favorite, and, you know, I've, I've done hell's kitchen and you know, there's, there's been five mm. of them all up and Uh, And I enjoyed Hell's Kitchen, I must say, because I enjoy cooking and I I liked Marco Pierre White and all that. But the thing which um, always stays with me where what you did with Survivor is that it was more real. You know, when you talk about reality TV, Mm. you didn't try... Certainly there was not an element of manipulation that I have Mm. seen which, you know, really dominates all of the other shows that I've done Mm. since, where the producers really are fundamentally trying to script what takes yeah. place you didn't do that at no. all yours yours was you know very real in the sense that you weren't you know truly trying to manipulate all of these outcomes and get certain people to say no. certain things no. and you no. know sh- shows that I've done since you've got people in mm. your ear saying go over mm. and say so-and-so such and such to yeah. go over to Janet over there and tell her that you really like what she's wearing you know you get all this sort of stuff happening all mm. the time and or someone would say just move over closer to the wall because they want to tell you something yeah. uh, through the yeah. you know, microphone in the wall it wasn't anything like that I mean yeah well no thank we I,
1: I really appreciate that because that's part of my philosophy about making this kind of TV is that all we need to do, all we want to do is set up a situation where people are under stress and have to make decisions. And then we just see what happens. And that makes it much more interesting. Frankly, you guys are way more interesting than anything that we could have concocted. Um, you did, did it enormously set up the situation well. And let you guys run it.
4: You did it enormously well and you did it in a fashion that was just so utterly different to every experience that I've had well, since. Thank
1: you, David. Yeah. Uh, that, that um i'm flattered by that thank you no, thank you no question though yeah I, th- I find it would have been
6: diff- difficult when you're dealing with a few of us that know how much and how much dirty laundry to air out in front of the camera you have a few contestants that don't know any better which is shameless yeah say whatever shit yeah. they want to say and then you had a few of yeah. us which were quite reserved quite mm. happy to share it off camera but not on camera yeah how, completely just way we want to be seen in the general yeah me, me yeah. but um, mm. yeah, I, I just clicked but, that but I, battle for you. I
1: also, we also felt that um, in the first few days, everyone was going to be reserved and using, you know, your your camera, your on-camera professionalism and all those judgments. We did think that after the first week, a lot of that would drop and you'd forget about it because you're now so immersed in the game and would get those other jewels coming out. And we did it here and there, but by and large, you guys were all all cast were utterly professional um, media people, professional performers. Um, And you you all knew you were performing. You are in the game, but you were all performing. And um, so you're you're performing for the camera, not in a circus way or, you know, a stage way, but you knew what the show needed. Um, And we really, in production, we really appreciated that. And we never wanted to push you to do it. We would never have asked the girls to go off and, you know, take their tops off and go for a swim never in a million years the fact that they did well you know a bit of a bit of fruit for one of the episodes we'd never have asked people to do anything like that we just knew you guys would end up doing your doing your thing to try and win the game and and um, we're so we're so relieved that that's what exactly what you did and and that's the that
4: substantial difference that i was getting at you know, just a moment ago because these days and the experiences that I've had since is the producers would ask the girls to go and do that. They they would try and set up scenarios. They'd try and actually create certain circumstances between different cast members by getting, by actually feeding lines to one person to go and give to another. Survivor's always
2: been almost that sacred show that, I mean, obviously, there are elements in which, hey, let's throw in this challenge that's going to suit this player because we want to keep them in the game longer. You know, things like that that the US Survivor has done. But for the most part, Survivor is almost still that show where you don't really get a lot of interference. I mean, Matt, obviously, you only lasted two days. That's not me making fun of you. I'm just pointing out. But, like, you you know, you would have experienced that with the modern Survivor, that, that that's not really happening, is it? Like, you know, it's still, it's a very sacred, almost real reality re- show still to the truest sense of the word.
3: Yeah, you well, know, I think it's interesting with my season because half the cast were actually celebrities that had been used to the media, but obviously the tribe I was on, it was just the normal everyday people. So, of course, yeah, like, um, you know, that's why they pick, you know, they probably pick someone like me because they know I have plenty to say in front of the camera. So I didn't have that background in media. You know, you don't really think at the time or well, how are they going to edit this? You're not thinking like this. A normal person isn't thinking like this where the other tribe who are full of people that have spent, you know, 10, 20, 30 years in front of the camera, they know what to expect. So that's the difference, but you're right. Like they, they're not feeding you lines there. They might, you know, they ask you, Oh, well, you had a conversation with this person, what happened? You know, but they just want you to tell the story because they want to get it on camera.
2: If only you lasted
3: longer well, so than maybe had, you might I have said one, something. So. I
4: had, um, on one particular show that I was on, I faced a situation or saw a situation multiple times where the producers were actually even trying to manipulate the host based on the people they felt the network wanted to stay in the show and all that. So they com- were completely manipulating everything, including who would be um, sort of tossed out at different times based on the network desires depending on whether the person that was in the show was somewhere else on the network featured and yeah, you know, really some of the things that I've uh, come into contact with in in the other reality shows have been you know diabolically inappropriate but you know it's ways I just want to ask David something if I can David you know during the obviously you had the Surprising aspect of what took place after the reintroduction of Guy mm. and Justin, but were there other things that took place in challenges or anything else where the outcomes um, seemed to be surprising to you? Were there yeah. were there it just all just played out naturally as you thought it was. all that played was out?
1: We all we wanted to do is make sure that whoever in, was playing in a challenge, it was a fair, fair, fair game. Everyone had a good chance, obviously. Imogen and water, that was always going to be a problem. But um, we just wanted to make sure that, you know, frankly, it's a, most of the time it's a sporting event. You know, you want to see who is going to win and how and who's going to surprise. Um, we had absolutely no interest in making one person or one tribe win anything. It, 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 it wouldn't have added, wouldn't have changed anything in how the sport the story gets told in that episode or over the arc of the entire series. So no, we had absolutely no interest in the new one. No, so I, let's
4: get no, I mean, let's what, get it I, done, and I
1: hope the challenge works.
4: I, I meant more in, in the sense of um, obviously you have without trying to manipulate it, then you have some expectations as to how you think might things might turn out. Was there anything that was surprising at all?
1: I, I, I we didn't even have expectations, frankly, right. other than my only expectation was that any returnees would be the first to be booted <laughs> out again. Yeah. <laughs> um and that worried me slightly because it would be then predictable yeah. um which it turned out not to be
2: I'd love to sort of you know bring this to a close with some some just quick fire questions just some you know little things here to kind of get some memories and then there's one big question I want to close out on which is something that Matt touched on um but similar to what I asked Amber and again I know we kind of went over this in each of your individual ones here but maybe there could be some things you can share it here best memories out there in Vanuatu that you had at any point in the game. Uh, I'm going to start with Justin, uh, you know, do you have sort of a, a standout for you that even if you didn't talk about in the interview that's come to mind since we, we spoke? Yeah, I,
6: I, I think when we took that helicopter ride to the volcano and um, I, was, I was just – just never forget my life. I, I The volcano burst a bit in front of me, a rock went over my head and I realised I was a bit too close <laughs> and um, I just – something I'll never forget is landing on a bo- volcano and walking up the volcano and seeing all the lava. I've just take, I'll take, I'll take it with me to my grave. It was amazing. Just amazing.
2: Mm. One thing, David uh, Mason, that we've spoken a lot on Matt and I in our episode since we interviewed you is two things is that a probably not a dud challenge in the entire season. It might be the only Australian mm. survivor season that is a hundred percent perfect and all the challenges and B some of the best rewards, if not the best rewards I've ever seen on Australian Survivor because you were talking about that cultural element to to, to bring Justin and the crew to a volcano, to have the the bungee jumping that I know we talked about because that was a Who Dares Wins challenge mm. and just things like that 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 make the season so memorable. So, um, yeah, definitely uh, I know we talked a little bit about in our interview with you, but that's one thing that Matt and I have very high praise for Season 2 of Australian Survivor are uh, the challenges and the rewards.
1: Mm.
2: You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you wanted to say anything else there, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go on there. Uh, David Oldfield, best memory for you out there in, in Vanuatu.
4: I don't think there's anything particularly that I could isolate. Um, I As I say, I enjoyed the whole experience. The, the the thing which I felt was unusual, I think probably people may have thought was unusual, was that I actually found it really quite relaxing. And I I told this to you guys, you know, I, I had great sleep. Um, yeah, you know, we were living this kind of semi-stone age existence where the sun went down, and very shortly after the sun went down, we pretty much went to bed. So I went to, I, you know, I went to sleep earlier in the night than I'd ever been to sleep in my life before, and so we were pretty much, you know, in this stone age scenario of. Keeping the fire, we had to keep the fire going somehow. We put covers on it, things so like it was these embers because it was too hard to get it You know, lit. We didn't have matches, so it was going to be too hard to get it lit the next day. And I enjoyed all that aspect of it, but I, I really did. I had good sleep. Um, I went to sleep pretty much after sundown and then woke up pretty much before sunup. And I actually found it being removed from mobile phones and the media and newspapers and everything else. I actually found the whole thing kind of relaxing in that sense. And I went into it with no expectation of, of winning. Um, and so, you know, I wasn't sort of disappointed at all in any of those aspects. And, and on that, I have to say that it's all very well for us to pick bits and pieces as to what may have been different. And even, even this evening, um, as we've been doing this, I was thinking, you know, might it have been different if we'd have voted off Justin instead of Amber when we did. And, you know, my experience in life is such that, you know, the way I think about things, it's very hard to pull out one thing and think it's going to change something down the end, because as soon as you alter something, it alters then, a you know, cascading series of events. So it's hard to say, if, if you were to ask us the question, is there one thing you might've done differently? I could probably come up with 20 things I might've done differently, but the reality is, would any of those things change the outcome to being better or worse where I was concerned? I, I don't begrudge Guy winning. I think that Guy should have ultimately won. That's nothing against you, Justin. I just thought, you know, Guy has always been such a you know a physical competitor that he was the right person to win. And once it all happened, that the reintroduction was done and all that, it was my expectation, you know, sincerely that it should go that way, and, and it did. And probably that was part of because I didn't ever expect to win myself. So, you know, for me, there wasn't one standout thing. I'm not sure there was anything that any of us could have done to change any aspect of it if we could have in hindsight done so that would have altered things in a way that would have been able to be seen because of the cascading effect of so many other things that change when you pull the plug on one thing in a historical matter. Um, It was was good. I enjoyed it. As I said earlier, I, I would have gone straight back in.
2: Perfect guy yourself. I mean, I guess the obvious one is winning, but I mean, <laughs> you know, outside yeah. of that, I mean, I mean, David's right with um, you, you, like the
5: Survivor and, and having watched it over the years, it's very liquid. It just moves constantly. Um, it's a moving chessboard that you, you can predict a little bit, but you can go insane if you go overboard with that. There's certainly that um, aspect to the show. I mean, you you do have to have your eyes on different scenarios, but you're right, mate. You change one thing and it changes all these other things down the down the line. So you you know that's why some people play Survivor and you know and they they literally just just fluff their way through to the end and they're no great threat and they don't win, but they get to the last two or three as opposed to other incredible um, performers that don't go far because people work it out and they get rid of them. So you know it, um, that's what Survivor is about. For me, um. I mean, certainly with, with what Justin said, that you know, you went up on that helicopter and and props to David Mason for spending his cookies on the um the helicopter ride and just that trip up to that volcano because um yeah, like I'll always remember that. That was um that was amazing. And you're right, I remember Justin going further forward than I did and this rock went over his head and landed not far from me. And I thought, <sighs> shit, this thing's <laughs> real. No, it's actually it's actually a dead set volcano. So um so that was memorable, um, but but there isn't one situation. A bit like David was saying, for me personally, I went on the show to win. David went on to to just to do it, and and we heard from Amber why she went on, and we we heard why Justin went on, and we're all four of us are different with our approach of why we went and did Survivor. The the thing for me is because I was such a Survivor fan, um, David Mason did a hell of a job of creating what Survivor is because I felt like I was in Survivor for the days I was there. So, you know, to give him credit for a limited budget and to appease certain celebrities that, mate, are soft-skinned and could throw a tantrum at any time as opposed to others, and I could name names but I'm not going to, mate, you created what, felt like survivor and I know we did this podcast earlier where you asked me about what it was like and I'm like mate it is survivor because it felt like survivor and what I what I sat down on the lounge as a kid watching was what was it felt like when I was in it and you ca- you right. can't get any better than that for me because yeah I got to win it but to experience being in survivor and that feeling exactly like what it was. So I never went to bed in that shelter going, "Oh yeah, it's sort of like Survivor, like I thought it was going to be, but but not as much." Mate, I was in Survivor, so I got Fantastic. I got to live the dream. So if you Great. love it and you're a fan and and you're that person that goes, "I would love to be in that one day," mate, I got to compete. Fantastic.
2: So yeah, I mean, for you, David, amazing. Mean, similar question, but I mean, I, I guess it's kind of it's nice to hear things like that. Obviously, kind of. <laughs> yeah, uh, the no,
1: I'm. I'm I'm yeah, really flattered Um yeah, thank you for saying that. And it's a, it a real deal. each each of you has said exactly what I feel about the show. So with with Justin, a lot of the experiential stuff that I too was involved um enjoying. So I am a diver, so I was doing a lot of diving and the water stuff, the helicopter out uh and the volcano, all the um cultural bit. I, I, I remember uh, pinching myself that I'd go home home, the hotel, nice five star hotel each night have a nice meal, sleep in a nice bed, go for a swim, come back to work the following morning on the beach or wherever. I'm, I was having a great time. So experientially, it's awesome. I think my memories, my greatest memories though, uh, going to what Guy was saying about real survivor on a real limited budget, our budget for the series was a little, a little bit more than a budget for an episode of US Survivor. That's that's the, the difference. And I remember in pre-production when we'd set up Tribal Council and we did a, a pre-light um, to make it just to check that it looks okay, that it was real. And we did the pre-light, lit the flares, and I was looking at the monitors and thinking, holy Christ, this is Survivor. We're actually gonna do this now. This feels like Survivor. We haven't got anyone there on the set, you know, besides some of our crew sitting in for you guys. And I said, "This is Survivor. I can hear. I can hear the conches now in my in my head. We're doing it. And that that buzz. And then coming down to every single challenge or whatever, and the art department, what they pulled out and made it look like Survivor. Every single challenge, everything that they did, and they created and they built from from scratch. And it, some of it looked fabulous. Some of it was small scale. Some of it was big scale." But it looked fabulous. Looking at the rushes each night and thinking, yep, this is survived. This looks big. This looks every bit as big as the US show. But my biggest memory was the end of the final episode and the relief. I, I didn't care who, I couldn't, I could basically couldn't even remember who won, frankly. <laughs> the relief. I'll, I'll, I'll interrupt okay, cut, cut. <laughs> That's a wrap. We've done it. We've got the show in the can. Well done, everyone. And just the relief that, yes, we've actually got this show nailed.
2: Fantastic. Um,
1: and, and if I can just finish it off, but I just want to thank the whole cast for putting up with us. Because we put you guys through shit. And you returned and just delivered a cracking show for us and for the Australian audience. You guys made my life easy. Not all the time. But 90% of the time, you guys made my life and our life in production and making TV so easy because you just played the game and you delivered. And wow. And they came out on the show and said, thank you guys for
2: doing that. Great. I love it. I love the love fest. And just just transitioning into the, the big question I wanted to ask, and I know we touched on this with you, David, and a few of you as well. It. I always like finding about the leg. I mean, what we're doing on this show is to celebrate the legacy of your season, to acknowledge it. We're doing that with all the seasons, no matter what network they are of Australian Survivor. Mm-hmm. And just on this, since we spoke to you, uh, David Mason, and, and a lot of things have gone down. Guy's talked at length about how he was called by Channel 10, so kind of there is this weird almost connection that exists now between the eras of Survivor. We're just about to see now in 2022 that Big Brother, now on Channel 7, is doing a returning player season acknowledging all errors of Big Brother. So they are bringing back Channel 10, they're bringing back Channel 9 and Channel 7. Now, obviously, as we know, Big Brother was a much bigger show and it would be very hard for Channel 7 to do an all-stars returning player without acknowledging the Channel 10 and the Channel 9 ones. Survivor's a different beast because it exists mm-hmm. very differently. And Matt touched on, obviously, his season. And a thing we've argued is that this Champions vs. Contenders format almost puts this season into the fact that it is more of a legit survivor now because you've got half celebrities now, kind of what they're doing on channel 10. Now I guess my long winded question to each of you, what would you like the legacy of season two of Australian survivor to be? Would you like there to be more acknowledgement or, or channel 10 to potentially be like, Hey, yes, guy, we want you on David Oldfield. We want you. And Justin, like give me, I don't know. I'm asking 50 questions in one here. I'll start with you, David Mason, cause you were the last one there and you're the EP, but Legacy. Is there anything that you think would like to be now that say about the legacy of your season to anybody listening or watching today?
1: I, th- I think my thoughts are is is a negative. Um, I don't think what we did was the greatest Survivor in the history of Survivor um, because of all our manipulations, frankly, which muddied what Survivor should be. I would like I would like to think that we didn't screw the format, that we didn't screw it up for Survivor fans they felt that it was legit Survivor, even though, frankly, a celebrity Survivor isn't, doesn't quite feel like a real Survivor and having returnees and all this, not quite real. But I love Survivor fans and the you know, wider audience to think it was Survivor and it was entertaining.
2: I'd agree with that, 100%. Uh, Guy, you're the winner. Anything to add on, on The Legacy? I know again, us, we mentioned uh, it last uh, week. I,
5: but... I, 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 look, I'd love... Um i love Channel, Channel 10 to be able to go and, you know, basically give the audience the opportunity to see other people that could perform well in Survivor have a crack. I mean, at the end of the day, you, like what David Mason was given was some money to put on Survivor to entertain the audience and get people watching it, get eyeballs watching it on the screen. And it makes sense that if you've got talent that have done it before, that have done well, then why wouldn't you pit them up against other people that have done well as well? Because, 100%. you know, for you guys that are um, that are, are Survivor fans, then you're like, I'd love to see how David Oldfield will go against, you know, the crew now if yeah. he came back. So, you know, it, to me it just seems like, well, it just makes sense and this whole network rivalry should just be put put in its place based on the fact that Survivor Survivor. It's the first and real reality TV show that's still standing today because the formula's right. And the rest of them go by the wayside. And it's the only one I was willing to do. And ironically, I could have signed a contract to go and do the ice skating, celebrity ice skating um, thing that was on for a, a fleeting moment, didn't sign it. And that was the same time that David Mason was filming Survivor. So I wouldn't have even been able to do Survivor had I done that. So to me, it's like let the people in that did well in it and see how they go.
2: Well, another, another show too, Justin, that you were involved in, we've just had um, Dancing with the Stars, All Stars, earlier this year. That was on two different networks they brought back again. So it's it's not unheard of for shows that have crossed different networks to bring back people. So it's just it would be nice of, of, of Channel 10 to, to acknowledge that. Just quickly, one final question, and I'll, I'll acknowledge each of you and we'll say goodbye. Justin and David, right now, Justin, clear it up to David Oldfield on the line right now. Did you break his pot?
6: I cannot, I cannot remember. Um, well, you know, mate? I, you know. Mate, I
5: you love know.
6: stirring the pot. So And breaking it. And breaking it. Shit. You know, I've never been too subtle in the kitchen. I, I, I'm pretty heavy handed with
2: everything I do. So, yeah. Mate. <laughs>
3: You David, know, anything uh,
2: anything to get out after 15 years about your precious pot being broken? No,
4: look, uh, it's, fair, it's fair to say that uh, if I was ever concerned about Justin breaking it, I, it was probably only for the cameras anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, there, there was an element of it. I mean, let's face it, you talked about the rewards before. I mean, we had a mobile kitchen, you mm. know, uh, which we won, you know, which was really just a bench top. But, you know, you've, when you're cooking, you want bench space, you know, you do need room to... And we did have like a sink... Didn't have a tap with running water, but we had a sink, <laughs> and um, yeah, and so you, you did come to sort of value the pots and things to a degree, just just in the sense of their necessity um, in what you were doing. But you know, it was it was all just sort of good good fodder for the cameras, and I think Justin and I had some good you know interplay there at different times, which was probably helpful from uh, you know bringing some entertainment to the audience, and and it was it was. Great, you know, I really enjoyed it. In fact, I mentioned you in my book, Justin. Um, I, I'm not sure I want Amber to get a copy of it because I don't remember <laughs> I don't remember, I don't remember mentioning Amber, but I did mention you and I did mention Guy, and I think I mentioned Elton and 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 in quite in very nice terms too, I must say, Justin. Um, so no, look, I don't have a single hard feeling about the entire thing, except I always had you know, it was a learning experience for me. It was a learning experience yeah. that I can. Make a mistake, oh, I've always knew I could make lots oh, of mistakes.
5: You didn't make a mistake, mate. You, you just The numbers went against you. They. Didn't well, I made
4: the mistake of underestimating people's stupidity uh, in the yeah. face of what was logical and rational. And that in itself was a great exercise, educationally, for me at that point in time in my life. And I hope it was I, only a
5: hundred yeah. grand's worth.
4: Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't all that fussed about yeah, it. I mean, you know that not a lot oh, of people know that that didn't even change
5: happened. me. It didn't <laughs> change the No, no,
4: no it I was. It would have been helpful. Would have been a lot more helpful now than it was back then. To be frank, <laughs> but,
6: but sometimes, in all credit, when you're hungry and you're tired and you're on the island, we're doing the best what we can with, with what we're given. You, you, I don't know if you're always so rational about the decision making or how you, even, yeah. you try, even when you're talking to the producers on the beach, you have try, you're trying to rationalize for me how the audience are going to see me. I mean, they only know me for whatever soaps or Home and Way or, or America, or whatever, how they're going to rationalize how I want to be perceived, I mean, but then I'm tired and I'm backtracking. I mean, there's a lot going on I mean, when you're there. So making decisions and maybe the girls were planning ahead, I mean, m- maybe. We came yeah, in fresh.
5: A, we came in fresh from the resort. Yeah, man, I mean. Whereas, mate, David, you you think pretty pretty well on your feet and, um, you know, where with them, mate, they've been there for three, three and a bit weeks and, Mate, you do go a bit nuts and you watch shows do. like that, you know, from the you lounge do. room, you're going, and Why is that person making that decision? That is fucking point. ridiculous. That's and they're just ratchet yeah. in the head yes. because they're starving and all the rest of it. So yeah, that's, that's i try that's the point point of it. We, point know, of view.
1: we know physiologically when your blood sugar's down, yeah, um, your brain is not going to be acting no. as it as it used to. And so exactly as Guy says, why are they making those decisions? That yeah. becomes entertainment. So And listen, i have 20 of buffet, time. So just quietly. I don't, I don't want the perfect. And they,
6: the, the women, <laughs> the, 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 they might be necessarily naive or stupid. They might be just hungry and making <laughs> yeah. the wrong decision.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the perfect thing. Yeah. That's yeah. One of the perfect things about that format is the, exactly. the, the, the kind of stress that people are put under and we then sit back and watch the
2: result of it. Yeah. And, and you want people all to make survival. silly
5: decisions at times yeah. because that's entertaining, Completely. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah.
2: It's why we love the show, it's why we're here talking about it and it's why oh. we've we're thoroughly enjoyed this ability to have you all sort of come on the show and and, and have a chat and I just uh, I, I want to just quickly acknowledge a couple of people before I go around the room and thank everyone and we wrap this up just obviously three guests that we've had on the show that are ultimately uh, unfortunately weren't able to make it today in uh, in Fiona Kim and Wayne uh, time differences and and situations and really want to actually send out a special shout out to Fiona she uh, she had a recent accident and uh, just wanted to send some well wishers out to, to Fiona unfortunately not able to join us with that too but obviously I want to thank Wayne and and Kim for their time in joining it and to, to the five that ultimately we haven't had on the show that, uh, you know, to acknowledge everybody who was involved in this season, of course, uh, to Ben, uh, you know, I have bagged him out, but he was part of the show. Like, you know, I know Matt's a big Ben Wynn fan, but uh, brought brought enough that we've talked about uh, him a fair bit as well, of course, out there to, to Gabby, like, uh, you know, obviously he brought a lot to the show and uh, a lot of entertainment going out there and that as well um, to to Elton, uh, maybe one of my favorites that I didn't realize I loved Elton as much when rewatching this and analyzing it uh, turned into a bit of a fan favorite f- for me. Uh, and, of course, Nicole and Imogen, who just really brought something else. I, I stand by the fact that they're maybe the most unbreakable duo we've ever had in Australian Survivor mm-hmm. history. They just were fantastic. Queen Imogen, I should uh, sort of point that out there as well to uh, to make sure that I, uh, I'm getting the royalty credits out there for that. But uh, obviously to everyone who wasn't able to make it today, big shout out. And to Dicko, to Dicko, of course. And all the production and everyone else involved in the season, David, that I'm sure you could sit here and name for the next hour. But uh, obviously, you know, to acknowledge everybody, Everybody involved in it, Channel Seven as well. It was it was a lot of fun, and uh, this isn't our final episode. Matt and I will talk about that in just a second. But uh, just going around the room. Uh, first of all, Justin. Such uh, an honour to have you back on the show. Again, we had you on a couple of weeks ago. I had an amazing interview. Uh, if you want to hear the story about how we even tracked you down, listen to that interview because it's a fun story. I've, I've really enjoyed having you on the show and, and having the opportunity to talk to you off-air as well. It's been a lot of fun, and uh, I'm really glad that we've been able to uh, get you on a couple of times now to talk about it because you definitely made a very big impact on the season, and I still stand by the fact you are... I said at the very beginning before I even met you to right now you are one of the most unique people ever in Australian Survivor History just your story the, the truth you told us in your interview it's just you're a fascinating person to have played this game and we really appreciate your your time uh, here on Australian Survivor Archives
6: well thank you guys for, for taking take us back back when 15 years ago and um thank you David Mason getting off G on the show like, back then <laughs> <laughs> it
5: was
6: a fun it was a fun gig yeah we we, we could say a lot.
2: yeah what could Indeed. have been maybe for another three who, hours who, basically who did going life, over who did this, yeah. who
6: did that you know it's, it's donkeys now you know you, you go through in life but uh, yeah. I pre- appreciate the little nostalgia journey
2: you guys have done. You're most welcome. David Oldfield, I mean, look, let's be honest. Uh, I'm saying this. We said it to you on air. We'll say it to you right now one of the most uh, exciting ones I was always looking forward to chatting with you uh, Matt and I are massive fanboys of yours and uh, probably I think <coughs> you hold the record now on Australian Survivor Archives of having the most episodes named after you so you're welcome but uh, <laughs> thoroughly enjoyed your interview thoroughly enjoyed covering your, your time on the show and having you back here to talk about it you're, you're a man not afraid to obviously say it how it is and uh, we, we really sincerely hope you get this you need to come back and play we want to see you on Modern Survivor I want to see you against the the other Davids, the great Davids of Australian Survivor, David Haas and David Jeanette, that your name is, is 100% perfect with great characters in the history of all eras of Survivor, so we need to see you return one day.
4: Yes, well look, as a as a custodial single dad, one of those things that you don't see a lot of, I must say, um, in the sense of having custody, as opposed to just sadly seeing them on weekends like so many single fathers have to go through. Um it would be very hard for me. I can't say absolutely no, because they always say should never say never, but it would be very, very hard for me to do anything particular along those lines. But I, I'm grateful um, for what you boys have to say, and thank you very much for your kindnesses uh, in in what you've enjoyed, what I contributed, whatever that may have been. I, I say again, I very much enjoyed doing it. I would have backed up and gone straight back into the jungle you know, the following day. Um, I have to say to, to David Mason, I don't know whether you remember when you first contacted me about doing the program, you told me it was the mole. And uh, (laughs) you did. You told me it was the mole because obviously there was some secrecy around the fact that was happening at the time. So you sussed me out as to whether I was willing to do it and said that the show was going to be the mole. And Mm -hmm. I have to say, I'm I'm so extraordinarily happy that it turned out to not be the mole and to have been Survivor. And Mm -hmm. it's been great sort of seeing you after all of these years. And I had things... Yeah, it's been a while. I hope things are going well for you, but I enjoyed it. I have no regrets. Um, as far as I'm concerned, it worked out as it was meant to be, or as it certainly did, is how it is, and yeah. I feel you know quite good about that. And it was a great time. And once again, you know, you guys, thanks for having me, and thanks for the interview that you did with me, and everything you're doing to keep all of this alive for so many people who find it so extraordinarily interesting.
2: Well, thank you. And I, just on a personal note, David, you were robbed of the Hall of Fame this year. I'm going to keep voting for you every year until you oh, get Oh, didn't on. I get in? I didn't oh, well, know. Well, the time of recording this, we haven't announced it, but spoiler alert, you don't, sadly. I would oh, have contacted Jesus. you well and truly by now to let you know. So, sorry to say. Guy voted for you as well. Guys oh, on the. And totally don't even, all, all three of us on the expert panel right now all voted for you. So you can't any, blame any us. Any win,
4: any win would have been so, so humbling. We'll get you there. I'm At telling I you now.
3: We'll there, <laughs> no, oh, I well. thought you were short. I thought you were a sure thing, David, and I only just found out just before this this uh, reunion that you didn't get in. I couldn't. I'm, I'm filthy. I'm, I'm every filthy. year
2: I'm voting for you, David, until you get in. I'm just spoiling oh, that thanks, now guys. for our oh, Hall well, of Fame.
4: Before my death would be good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not one of those posthumous awards that I'd be looking no, for. No, no, we'll make sure of that.
2: Guy, uh, for you again, um, you know, at the time of us releasing this literally last week was your interview airing and such a great chat, but... I, I, I always admire your passion for this show 15 years later that you still love talking about this, that you you love Survivor so much and you hold this so high. Uh, You know, you're our first winner that we've been able to talk to on Australian Survivor Archives because obviously, sadly, uh, Rob Dixon no longer with us. But it, mm. it was an honour to chat with you then. Honour to get you back in here and share extra memories and kind of get you reunited with some of the gang here and chat about obviously what is a, a very special part of your life and something that you hold very high amongst all your many achievements that you have in your life. So yeah. thank you very oh, much. I
5: equally want to say thanks to Dave Mason because, um, you know, for me I, I was probably the fanboy of Survivor that walked onto the beach at Vanuatu mm-hmm. more than the other competitors. Um, and and for me I got I got the ultimate, you know, opportunity. I, I've knocked back um, other reality shows so I didn't want to do them and, and I, I wouldn't do another reality show other than Survivor if I got asked as well. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'd love nothing more than to uh to team up with Justin and David, who I, I call friends and, and they've become friends since Survivor. I didn't know either of them before that. And we're we the three, I'm mates with both of them and, and and was with Elton as well. And um and yeah, it was just a, an awesome experience. And and to you guys for for putting on the podcast and doing this, you know, like what you've done for us is is you know brought back 15 years ago memories that we We've all shown that we love to death. And um, for me, I, I sort of know when Survivor was because my youngest daughter, Phoenix, was born sort of three months after I came back from Survivor. So um, my wife, Helen, went over there um, when I initially got voted out because I was on the um, on the jury and she came over for a holiday and she was heavily pregnant and, um, and she's a bigger Survivor fan than I am. And so wow. she got to live, when I went back into the show, she got to live the survivor piece um, that, you know, that she otherwise wouldn't get to see. And um, so for our family, it's a big thing. And, you know, in, in our home here, which I showed you guys on the podcast the other day, I just moved into a new house and pictures are still going up on the wall, but you guys saw that um, survivor frame that I've got that I was given for uh, one of my birthdays. It's got the mask, the original mask. You guys remember that we had, it's got the um, a knife that that Ben brought in that I took from him when we, put the knife in, into his back and, uh, and that sits there with the, um, with the buff and, uh, and the survivor logo and it sits up framed on my wall and um, growing up with my kids, um, their friends would come into the house and that sits up in the lounge room in pride to place and kids walk in not knowing that I've been the world I mean champion. They don't know all the other things that I've done. and when when the kids walked in and they saw that on the wall, Mate, it was the greatest moment for my kids when their friend said, "Did your dad win Survivor?" Fantastic! So, um, yeah, mm-hmm. and that that'll stand with me for the rest of my life. So um, oh, yeah, I couldn't be happy. Yeah. Guy, was
3: Good your job. wife your wife still in Vanuatu when like at that final jury where you won? Yeah, yeah. It so was she actually she wasn't on set. Um,
5: no, no, but um, uh, I don't know Dave, Dave Mason. She,
1: they were on. They weren't behind the scenes, were they? I can't, I can't. I can't remember. She, she, we we might have actually got everyone to set for that final tribal council. I think. Yeah. I can't yeah, remember. What they're do on channel 10. Yes.
5: yes. No, they weren't. They weren't. They were mm. back at the resort. I remember now. Okay. I remember going back. And um, yeah, so no, they weren't. But um, but she got to live the whole experience of just being at the resort and coming back, and yeah, you know, and they <laughs> they were behind the scenes a bit. So yeah, it was uh, fantastic for the whole family. Yeah, it was um, just amazing
2: nice. moment. Nice. Nice. Dave Mason, uh, final uh, thanks to you. You were, as I said, our very first guests that we had on way back I think it was episode two of this season essentially and uh, set the bar high got all the stories and we've learned a lot since and uh, so so honored that you're being able to join us again I've had the pleasure now to interview you a couple of times I did you on uh, off the podium listen to it great interview talking about yeah. the Sydney Olympic bid but um, yeah. I, I appreciate uh, you chatting and, and spilling some more secrets about the show and uh, obviously something that again similar to Guy you've, you're very proud of 15 years later that you were a part of and uh, we, we definitely are happy to help you share these memories after all these years cool.
1: Well, thank thank you to you guys for pulling these memories out from all of us. Um, I hope it's been interesting, entertaining for the audience. It's certainly been fun for me, um, to relive a lot of this and to think about it with fifteen years of hindsight and still have a lot of pride in it. I don't you know, I don't have pride with every T V show I've made, but I I have pride with Survivor and um it's it's really enjoyable to relive that. Well,
3: and
2: we're glad David we can help. The reboot
1: of the Mole coming. <laughs> oh God! I'd love to do that. That's, that's, the Mole is the one show I would um, come back and do TV again for. Oh. Um, get Grant back! Don't I get adore- Tom I- fucking
2: Williams Grant. Right?
1: No, n- I'll tell. Oh, tell me about it. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. when I stopped watching. I think we um, talked about
2: this. I sto- I could not stomach watching him host that show. I'm Like that is not Grant Polar. I, I, I won't watch I the new Amazing Race because it's not it. Grant Polar.
1: Yeah. I couldn't Jeez. stomach shooting it. He was he was foisted on me, foisted on the show. Hashtag uh, bring back
2: Grant. He should be uh, doing yeah. all the things. Ah. Uh- we're yeah. going to close this off now obviously usually in an interview we'll kind of cut it now and we'll Matt and I will do a wrap up but for a reunion we we, we wrap it up on air right now and I'll, I'll hand over to you Matt to close it out properly but I just want to say uh, to, to everybody who's uh, been on the show as I said everybody that's been on this episode thank you so much this isn't our last episode for season 2 we've got one more to do Matt and I will be back uh, next week possibly with Cable and we'll just do our general wrap up of the season going over everything that we haven't covered or want to kind of go over again we'll have some listeners questions to get to we'll have a competition as well we'll be drawing out next week to get excited and matt we're also going to do that great idea that you came up with recently where we are going to recast celebrity survivor 2021 style. So, we're going to take every single person from the 2006 season. So, we're going to find the soap star. We're going to find the modern Justin Melvie. Who would be the Justin Melvie on this season? Who would be the Nicole Dixon on this season? Who would be the controversial politician, David Oldfield style, 2021? Who would be the Iron Man who loves Survivor and David and the Guy Leach? We're even going to find who would be the Ben Wynn. And no, uh, Matt, it's not me. You can't put me on the cast, all right? That's not fair. Uh, I've got more personality than that guy. Uh, but we're looking forward to that next week to close out season two in style. And, Matt, I, I'll hand it over to you to say uh, our final farewells. I would say thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, we look forward to closing out season two of Celebrity Survivor next week in style.
3: Yeah, just quickly, guys. Just wanna, first off, um, David Mason, thanks for everything that you've done with this season, mate. Like, I know it was 15 years ago. We know how what, what a stressful time would have been but mate in the end you did a great job and uh you know it's, it's great that we can still talk about it now to the rest years for the cast thanks for uh putting yourselves out there obviously everyone was there for different reasons and uh but at the end of the day you all said yes and and you mate made for a good season of Survivor so thanks for that and for our listeners who, who have been keeping track this whole time uh thanks to them for listening on and I hope that having this little reunion, something that probably no one thought would ever happen. I hope you enjoyed the last couple
2: of hours and, uh, and yeah, look forward to doing the wrap up uh, episode next week. Perfect. Well, we'll close it out. Guy Leach, one final question. We like to close out with a song. We've done it differently this season. Last season, we just used the score and played a bit of music with it. This season, we've just chosen random songs. You are the winner of this season I feel right now you can choose any song you want we don't give a shit about copyright here on Australian Survivor Archives so they can sue us eventually give us a song a favourite song a song that reminds you of 2006 maybe when you were winning this like what would you like us to close out on the show let's let's close out
5: with uh, Guns and
2: and Roses Welcome to the Jungle beautiful that is perfect (laughs) closing off with that we'll be back next week with the final episode for season 2 of Australian Survivor and until then thanks for tuning in and we'll speak to you then